Whether you're buying benches, bread makers, or bottles of bubble bath, paying for business expenses with an Amex Blue Business Cash Card can be rewarding. You'll earn 2% cash back as a statement credit on your first $50,000 in purchases per year at 1% after that. So you get rewarded for getting what you need for your business. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash Business Cash. Amex Blue Business Cash. Built for business by American Express. That way, that way we can let in Bill WD-40 so he can lube us up for tonight's show because it's going to be a smooth one. We always want a smooth one with Bill WD-40. Yeah, we do. All right, there he is. Hi, Bill WD-40 over in Spreaker. He's gorgeous, that man. Gorgeous Bill WD-40. All right, we got 30 seconds before we're going to launch. Tony Rathman is our guest. Hi, Kim Stanley. Good to see you. And the Super Chat is open. It's a wonderful way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. And, of course, if you want, do some shopping at our website, spacedoutradio.com. we got a plethora of really cool stuff there for you. T-shirts, hoodies, runners, underwear. Yep, even things for your dog. That's what we do around here. So it is that time of the night where I ask all of you a favor. Get your horns up. Let's rock. Here we go. of central british columbia to you listening around the world this my friends is spaced out radio i am your host dave scott sitting in the captain's chair of sor headquarters we welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around north america digitally on odyssey radio Talkstream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Navy the favor. Hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at spaced out radio, Instagram at spaced out radio show, and on TikTok at spaced out radio. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you, including rocking out to Bumblefoot, read the news, watch. Check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. We are going all paranormal tonight. Tony Rathman from Phoenix, Arizona is here to talk about the ghosts around Arizona and how to communicate with them. Then in hour number three, we're going to head to the swamp. Swamp Dwellers back with another spooky story. Tim Senor then jumps in for the UFO report. If we got time, we'll take care of some funny news as well. All right, let's have some fun tonight. Tony Rathman is the founder of Entity Voices Paranormal Investigations, located in Phoenix, Arizona, and has spent more time than the last decade discovering the truths about spirits, entities, and life after death. Tony has led professionally and operated paranormal investigators into some of the darkest corners of Arizona and just about anywhere he travels, including private homes and business investigations, haunted historical locations, haunted hotels, and even traveled throughout the country and abroad seeking an understanding to paranormal phenomena. 
He specializes in spiritual communication through both EVPs and ITC, otherwise known as instrumental transcommunication. We're going to learn all about this tonight and some of Tony's favorite hauntings. Tony, thank you so much for being on Spaced Out Radio tonight, my friend. First time to have you on here. It's always a good time when we got a newbie. Thank you for joining us. Absolutely, Dave. It's a pleasure to be here. All right, we're going to get to talk some serious ghosts tonight, my man. And, you know, some of your favorites going on through 2022 and everything. But let's learn a little bit about you, since you're new to our audience and new to myself. What captivated you about the paranormal field? What led you to this direction? My wife. <laughs> it's literally that simple. Years ago, when paranormal shows started coming out, reaching television, she was fascinated by them. And she'd always say to me, come over here, you've got to watch this. Well, I would literally last about three minutes. And I would say, you realize this is television. This is for entertainment purposes. I said, none of this is, none of this is true. And I'd walk away because I, I didn't believe in any of it. I didn't have any experiences. And what got me into it was she kind of tricked me on Valentine's Day. And we would normally go to a resort you know, kick back on the weekend, have drinks, swim in the pool. It's, it's Arizona. So even in February, you can go swimming. But she says to me, she says, I want to do something different this year. I said, okay, what do you want to do? She goes, I want to go ghost hunting. And I was like, oh, you're kidding me. So I'm thinking, well, I have two choices. I can take her or I can have her mad at me until next Valentine's Day. So I took her. Smart I had man. no idea where to take her. Had no clue. So I looked up on the internet, found a place in Phoenix that had supposedly a history of, of hauntings. So I thought, okay, I found a place. I booked it for the weekend and thought I'm done. And then I thought, wait a minute. No, they're using equipment. She's going to need something to investigate with. So at that time, I bought her a real inexpensive digital recorder, night vision camera, and an EMF or electromagnetic frequency reader. And I thought, okay, now I'm done. So we went and I played along. I, I played the the nice husband that was trying to get her to enjoy her weekend. I asked questions during the investigations we did each night, but it wasn't until we got home and she went through the photographs, the videotape, the digital recordings. She was calling me over every three to five minutes. What is this? Where did this come from? Do you hear that? What's in this photo? What is this in the video? Took me about three to four months to try to dismiss it or debunk it and be able to come up with reasonable explanations for it. And I couldn't. I couldn't do it. And you were hooked ever since. Well, not quite that quickly. I said to her, I said, let's go back and let's try it again. I said, let's see if there's you know, strange lighting in the rooms where we took these pictures or mirrors or reflections. Let's go where we got this voice on the recorder, see if we can hear anything coming from another room or, you know, I was looking for reasonable and rational explanations for what was on there. So we spent another weekend there and we did it again. We came back with even more. And we kept going back and kept going back. This was almost 13 years ago. And the evidence just kept appearing. And I finally 
just gave up trying to explain it from a from a reasonable and rational explanation because I couldn't do it. And then we started hitting other locations to see if we could get similar evidence. And then we started hitting historical locations. We branched out through the entire state. Then we branched out to other states, Nevada, California, New Mexico. And it just, over the years, just spread further and further and further. So the fact that, you know, you blame your wife for this now paranormal addiction that you have, you know, you never had any experiences growing up. You never been in a haunted house or anything like that. I had experiences, but I mentally, I just missed them. My father was a physics and chemistry instructor. And so as a kid, anytime I asked, why is the sky blue? I would get answers like, well, the light shines through water vapor within the atmosphere that separates the light. The light gets separated, creates the blue look you think you're seeing. You know, everything was scientifically based. The paranormal did not exist with me growing up. It just wasn't something that. So I may have had some experiences now that I look back that I probably could have looked at differently, but I didn't. I went, well, that makes no sense. That's not on a, a, a scientific wavelength of how things work or explained. And I just flat out dismissed. So here you are, your wife has all of this, this stuff that you've never heard before, you know, maybe some voice phenomena on, on tape, you know, photographic evidence that you can't debunk, you know, how long did it finally take you to convince you that there was something a little bit more than this just being some sort of bogus reality television show? Probably about a year. I mean, we'd go out and we'd get additional evidence. I mean, we, we really lucked out on our very first investigation because we had photographs. My wife, captured on video an apparition in the mirror and when she turned around from the mirror spun around with the video camera it was standing under this arch and then as soon as the camera focused on it it literally shot across and disappeared behind a wall and then of course when we walked over there there was nothing there but it was that experience that really initiated me enough to say okay, let's try this again and then again. And we investigated that first location to date over 50 times. And uh, we've, been all, we've been all over the United States and um, outside of the United States as well. We've investigated in Japan, the Philippines. Um, and every time we travel, we search for locations that have a history of being haunted to try to find what we can, uh, what we can discover. So as you developed your own style and, and investigation and you got more involved you know a lot of us go out there as weekend warriors who you know go out there for a good time i'm one of those people i used to run a ghost tour in my town at the local museum to raise money for it but i've never considered myself a paranormal investigator i i consider myself more of a weekend warrior hey let's go play with some ghosts and raise some money for the museum I've been to a lot of haunted locations. I have a lot of good friends who are paranormal investigators, and I highly respect what they do. For you, 
when did you start learning about this? When did you start taking ghost hunting seriously to the point where you needed to find answers for yourself? Like I said, it probably took about the first year of investigating. And we'd go out three, four times a week and all weekend long. It, it became an absolute fascination. And from there, I mean, we've, we've considered ourselves investigators for the entire 13 years. But probably about year three, the fascination went from really trying to discover whether life beyond death existed we knew that at this point from everything we had experienced but then it became more investigation and research to the side of well how much information can they give what how many answers can they give and to what questions and then it was it was tests like can they see color well can they see us can they we know they can hear us because they're responding to questions, but can they see us? Can they determine color? Can they identify objects? I mean, we ran tests for years, um, but the real fascination came in. It began with EVPs or electric electronic voice phenomena, where you use um, a third-party device in this stage, a digital recorder, which technically even recording EVP on a digital recorder is considered ITC, instrumental transcommunication, because instrumental transcommunication is identified by using a third-party electronic device that I can't, I don't have control over. I can't control whether it records something or doesn't. It's going to do it on its own. So the fascination with EVPs was that I would ask a question and an answer would show up on the recorder that was both in a timing and relevance manner to the question I asked. So if I said, can you tell me your name? And a name showed up and played back when we played the recorder, that was relevant in a both timing to my question asked and a relevant answer to the question that I asked. That was fascinating to me how that could happen. But the real fascination in EVPs took off because even before I would get to the answer that they gave me, there was a boatload of information that was received before I even heard what they said. I could tell if it was an adult or child. I could tell if it was male or female. I could get a sense of their emotional state. Were they happy? Were they upset? Were they angry? Were they sad? That came through in tone of voice in the way they spoke. So I would get a ton of information before I even heard what they answered. And there's not another piece of equipment in on the paranormal field that can give you that amount of information from a single answer. I'm not a real gearhead. Okay. And, but the one thing that I have learned and I argue with my buddy Merle about this all the time regarding the paranormal I really believe that gear, no matter if you're using a cheap K2 meter or your phone to record audio or an SLS camera or whatever, or even an ITC machine, that the gear is really focused on the person who uses it. And I never believed in this. And Mike doesn't agree with that, but that's okay. Uh, you know, Merle's Merle and, you know, he's a, he's my awesome weirdo friend who uh, I adore. 
and we're all allowed differing opinions. But I'm a strong believer, and the one thing that I've learned is a good friend of mine, I'm not sure if you've uh, heard of him or not, Bill Hauser out of Vancouver. Sure. Uh, Bill is very much into the ITC community, and we used to do ITC uh, live streams on this show until uh, we couldn't do it anymore due to our radio stations having troubles hearing the audio with the high squelching. And it just didn't translate well onto terrestrial radio. But the interesting part about when Bill does it, Bill gets answers. And I know that when I sit there, I have I have a small little, uh, what do they call it, an SB7 or something like that. Yep. Okay, SB7. I have one of the small original ones. I can't get a ghost to talk to me for the life of me. Okay. Well, I... I will completely agree with you that the user is a technical aspect of making the bridge and the communication occur. Um, a, a real good example is um, Marcello Bacci, who is probably one of the first that was scientifically tested and scientists could not dismiss the responses he was getting. He used an old vacuum tube radio which had three vacuum tubes in it and they put him into a scientific lab and they which was shielded from radio waves like a like a faraday cage and he got voices and they said i'll tell you what if i remove one of your vacuum tubes and you still get voices i'll be impressed let me see what happens so they removed one he still got voices then he said, well, look, what happens if I remove the second one? He did. Bocce still got voices. He said, okay, if I remove the third one and you still get voices, I'll eat the vacuum tube. So he removed it. Bocce still received voices and answers to his questions. Of course, Bocce said, don't eat that. That's glass. You don't want to do that. But he literally, science could not stop his method of getting communication, but others used his exact same radio, received nothing, absolutely nothing. See, that amazes me. That amazes me how the gear can choose who it wants to work for. And, you know, it has to be us, like you say, us, the user as the, the main conduit then, does it not? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, there's may I please may I please follow up a question with that then? Sure. Does that mean that if we're the conduit that the spirit already has an attachment to us? Not necessarily, but you're opening you're opening that door to communicate. And once you begin to open that door, it's really hard to close. But the more you do it, the more that you understand that when you're receiving communication, when it's not scaring you, when you're not getting freaked out, and you're accepting the fact that, hey, I'm, I'm getting legitimate answers. And I'm not talking about stray radio reception or walkie talk. I'm talking about legitimate answers. When that no longer freaks you out and you become comfortable with that, they know you've become comfortable with it, and that communication will escalate, and so will every other aspect of the paranormal. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, because 
I know the the one of the great debates that's out there, like I, like we were just saying moments ago, is you know what kind of gear should people use? You know, and and there's paranormal investigators who laugh. You know, and, and this is part of the reason why we don't do a lot of paranormal shows on on here because you know our audience doesn't know the difference between an SLS and SB7 and you know a some phone app that that's already pre-recorded. You know what I'm saying? They don't know. We try and bring that proper information from people such as yourself who've gone through it all. You know, and I am just a firm believer that we don't know what's going on. We don't know how to communicate. We know the communication is there. We don't know how it's happening. But one way right. or another, we all have our own grandiose ways, whether it's being psychically connected or or computer-generated connected, in order to to have that communication. So the question that I have after that long spiel is actually <laughs> is actually this. When you are out on an adventure looking for spirits or trying to make communication, what sets you off knowing that you are actually getting some sort of of answers back? I will ask a series of test questions when I first turn the equipment on. Test questions that you would not ever be able to get from a broadcast radio station. Things like my full name. I'll say, okay, if I have, if I've made a connection, I have spirits here and you're ready to communicate, say Anthony Rathman. And I'll get that. When I, I mean, full name, first and last. When I get that, I know there's no radio station out there giving my first and last name. Then I'll ask another question, something simple like, what color's my shirt? And if I get the right color, then I'll say, okay, thank you. I know you're here. And then I can start asking questions. How often are they telling you your name? Today, I can barely. This episode is brought to you by Snickers. You sent a message to your group text that said, it's game day. Even though your team has a bye week. Off your game? Maybe you just need a Snickers. Snickers, official chocolate bar sponsor of the NFL. Welcome to Lost Ark, a colossal free-to-play action MMORPG from Smilegate RPG and Amazon Games. Set in the vast, ever-expanding world of Arcasia, Lost Ark invites you to discover mysterious lands and treacherous seas. Explore, battle, and fight as you restore balance to the universe. Play free now at playlostark.com, rated M for Mature. Developed by Smilegate RPG and published by Amazon Games under license. Internet connection required. Go five minutes into a session without hearing my name multiple times. Really? They're all excited to chat with you. Every dead person out there. Well, the need for and the ability for spirits entities whatever you want to refer to it as it's a it's a consciousness it's a disembodied consciousness that's no longer in the meat suit that we're in now it has the ability to think it has its free will it's everything you are today without this physical body and their ability to communicate is there 
and electronics are a very um, compatible way for them to speak because being energy, which they are, physics says energy can't be created or destroyed. Well, we as humans, if we literally, our energies just came from the physical body and we get that from eating, from food, nutrients, we would be able to, if we were tired, we'd be able to eat a big meal. We shouldn't be tired anymore, but we're not. We're still tired, no matter, sometimes even more so after we eat. That tells you there's another energy source. That to me, and again, this is just my theory, but that's your spirit. And that gets recharged in different ways than the physical body. And that's the energy that surpasses death. Okay, my next question for you, though, is are we just talking to dead people? Or are we talking to people who are also on different timelines living their lives where we're the ghosts? Well, that's the most interesting thing about what we do is that we cannot always identify who or what we're speaking to. So could it be spirit? It could. Could it be extraterrestrial? Could. Could it be multidimensional? Absolutely. There is no way to know for sure. You can ask, and we get answers. Do we always get answers? No. They always don't identify who or what they are. But if you're talking about the means of communication that does not involve the throat, the larynx, the physical attributes of the human body, which, of course, must be being used, then yeah. Tony, I'm going to get you to hold on right there. We are going to go to break here at the bottom of the hour. Tony Rathman, paranormal investigator out of Phoenix, Arizona. We're going to find out some of his top ghost stories for 2022 next on Space Down Radio. All right, we're clear, my man. All right. Good answers. Solid answers. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, a lot of fun. Yeah, I uh, I know there's a couple questions in the audience. Thomas, you're one of them. I'll get to it at the uh, top of hour number two. Hi, be the arrow. Uh, Dirty filth, you're looking good down there, man. Thanks, Dave. I was on mute. I know you were. You're one hell of a guy, it's Dirty. safer that way. Where's Blob tonight? Blob is downstairs with the Gremlin, the Gargoyle, and Whiskey. You name the other two cats Gremlin and Gargoyle? That's what they are. Sweet. Sweet. Would you expect any less of me, Dave? Uh, <laughs> No. No. Well, maybe Boyle and Ghoul. Don't say it too loud, otherwise she's going to want two more cats. Oh, yeah. True. True. So, uh, Tony, Dirty Filth here, he's our resident cartoonist, and he uh, uh, comes on almost every show. He's been working a lot lately, but usually he's here every show drawing a different cartoon uh, for our audience each and every night. It adds to a little bit of uh, a little bit of flavor for what we do on the show on a nightly basis. And uh, That's awesome. 
he gets a he gets a lot of uh, big name people out there in, in uh, U- especially the UFO world who are who are constantly watching his art. Uh, you know, former fighter pilot a- Alex Dietrich, she is always retweeting his stuff. Uh, Brandon Fugel, the owner of Skinwalker Ranch, is a yep. giant fan of Dirty Filths. And it all started right That's here. Great. It all started right here. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, he's a fantastic ambassador for what we do. Hey, Filthy, you got to tell everybody where they can get your book and calendar, my man. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, you can get my book on Amazon.com. It's called Cryptid Cartoons. If you plug that in there, it'll come up. Cryptid Cartoons by Klaus Meidner. Everybody knows my name. It's not actually filth, but there you go. And my calendar is available on my website, filthy.com. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. By the way, Phil. And if you show up in Vegas, I will give you drawings. Yeah, he's already prepared. Uh, hey, you're you're in Phoenix, Tony. You should you should come up uh, and join us for our Las Vegas fan party in May. Oh yeah, we're doing our second annual uh, fan party in Las Vegas at the Golden Nugget, May nineteenth through twenty first. And uh, we're going to be having a bunch of special guests there, meeting up with our fans. And if you're nice. in the area and you want to join us, man, come on up. I I I will definitely add that to my calendar, and uh, that very well might be a very real possibility. Yeah, that'd be great. We'd love to add more paranormal people to it. That's for sure. Very cool. Yeah, we've got some paranormal people. We've got some cryptid people including one who's addicted to the Hallmark Channel. Uh, yeah, I'm talking about you, Wibs, right there. Where's the Hallmark cartoon? See? And uh, we've got a bunch of UFO people coming as well and intuitive people. So uh, we got a great mixture. We're going to do a live uh, six- to seven-hour YouTube show with all of our hosts wow. uh, on, on SOR. Uh, in, um getting to uh, uh, host for a couple of hours each. And it's something that we started earlier this year. We had a huge success, and we figured, well, let's do it again. So that's what nice. we're doing. Yeah. And awesome. we'd, we'd love to have you there, man. Meet up and say hello. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. Dave owes me a slice of pizza. I do owe you a slice of pizza. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> I like Kurt here. He says, looking forward to getting my free dirty filth calendar at my insurance company handed out throughout the United States. <laughs> Stephen Clark, it would be awesome to go to Vegas and join us. You should do that. You should do that. Yeah. I want to say a big thank you to t 2 uh, Thomas and Vaughn for the amazing super chats tonight. Very much appreciate the love and support that you guys are giving us here on Spaced Out Radio. Monica, we want you there bad too, my dear. We want you there bad too. And uh, we are working on uh, a hotel promo package right now with the Golden Nuggets, so stay tuned. We should have some news on that very, very soon. Here we go with the second half hour, everyone. Dirty, I'm muting you.
second half hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. Want to remind you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on tonight with paranormal investigator Tony Rathman. He has been working Arizona for about a decade or so, and he is the head investigator of Entity Voices Paranormal Investigations just in Phoenix, and hey, we're glad that he's here to talk some paranormal with us. Tony, thank you for joining us. It's a pleasure. Been a pleasure so far and very enjoyable. Now, 2022 is known publicly as a year of the UFO, as it has for the last few years. But there's a lot of paranormal stuff that's kind of been gone under the radar of late. How was 2022 for you when it came to ghost hunting and your adventures? Well, you know, it's fun. It's funny you mention paranormal and UFOs kind of in the same sentence and then how 2022 has been. You know, there one of the things we've realized over the years is that there are some major crossovers between what people claim to be paranormal and what others may claim to be extraterrestrial or UFO related. If you take a look at some of the most well-known locations, the Conjuring House. This episode is brought to you by Snickers. You sent a message to your group text that said, it's game day. Even though your team has a bye week. Off your game? Maybe you just need a Snickers. Snickers, official chocolate bar sponsor of the NFL. This NBA Christmas Day, we've got five games of Holly Jolly non-stop play. Knicks are on the nice list and Sixers making miracles near 34. Celtics are lighting it up and Bucks are soaring. Golden State's got four golden rings and it's all gravy for the Grizzlies. Suns hot like cocoa while Nuggets feeling oh so icy. That one up all the way to the North Pole. Mavs making magic and Lakers are leaping across the court. Now that is Christmas Day in the NBA. Games begin at noon Eastern on ABC and ESPN. Most people know the story of the paranormal activity that occurred there, uh, the introduction and the interaction with uh, with the Warrens, and the apparitions that were seen and the things that happened, which appeared to be clearly paranormal in nature. But I happen to be personal friends with Andrea Perrin and uh, produced some of her shows for her. But she has talked thousands of times that paranormal activity wasn't the only occurrences happening at the at the farmhouse in 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 Rhode Island. UFOs were seen overhead, um, strange activities going on. You take a look at Skinwalker Ranch. I mean, they don't know exactly what's happening, but they've had occurrences of what seems again like both. You know, and you if you talk to people who have had UFO encounters or, you know, and they, they've had communication, uh, these extraterrestrials can communicate without moving their mouth, but yet they're hearing what they're saying. 
So that brings in some sort of um, energy telepathy for them to be able to do that. Well, would that be that different then from hearing a spirit speak? Or would you know the difference if it was extraterrestrial or spirit or multidimensional? So that crossover actually plays a huge role in both sides of the field, including probably cryptids and multidimensional beings and who knows what else. But from a from a paranormal investigator or research side, do we have all those answers? No. And anybody who tells you that they know, they're lying because we don't have the answers. That's why it takes everyone involved in the research to try and find those answers. Yeah, and, and you know, I think that's a very logical point that you state there, Tony, because so many people think they have the answers. They, they're they in the know. They, they've figured it out. And in the end, they figured out nothing. You know, right. It's a good laugh. But why are you so adamant, like like most professional investigators are, that we're not even close to the answers just yet? And number two, follow-up with that is, what are the answers? What are we even looking for? Well, you know, that's a great question because we don't even know exactly what we're looking for. What keeps me adamant about it is that for every answer I get or think I get, and again, even if I am pretty confident, okay, I believe this is what's happening, I don't know, I, I have no way of proving it. So you have to take what you believe is occurring based off of what they're telling you or what you've experienced and then put it into theories and then test it again and again and again and again. But we don't know where we're at on that chain of events. And my guess is we're at the tip of the iceberg and there's so much more underneath it. And our human understanding of our 3D world and our science that exists on this planet, on the here and now, can't even comprehend what they're capable of doing, knowing or how they can interact, that our physical science just falls to the wayside. And, you know, it's it's like trying to, it's like trying to be Galileo, trying to tell the, the planet that the, the earth is round. And that, or that it that it revolves around the sun revolves around the earth. I mean, they thought he was crazy. But anytime you go to break those boundaries, come up with theories, um, you know, you, you kind of fall on that side where people will look at you and think you should be in a straight jacket and a little white padded cell. Isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? Yeah. I, one of the things that I've never really understood about the paranormal field is the lack of understanding of what are we trying to find. It isn't about EVPs to me. It isn't about what the voices say or the photos that you capture. Is that the excitement? Sure as hell is. Okay, it's fantastic. But in the end, I, I really think that we should be trying to solve some of these major mysteries like life after death. There's yep. many people out there, yours truly included, who absolutely fear death. Don't want to die because life's pretty good. But one of the things about life, we don't have a choice. It will happen right. to all of us. You know, and for a lot of us, you know, we're we're scared because 
We're not sure if there is a life after death. And with so many people investigating the paranormal, I believe the last count in the United States alone was something like 50,000, 60,000 people across the country are searching for ghosts. I would assume by this point we would have some sort of understanding or evidence leading towards whatever that answer may be, Tony. Yeah, you know, and even today, science as a whole, and it doesn't matter what area you pick apart in science, whether it's physics, whether it's psychology, whether it's, you know, they've all made progress. Scientists today will agree based on tests that have done that they believe that consciousness, and I say consciousness because to me, that's the right term for it, but whether you call it your soul or your spirit, but that consciousness can survive death. And today they'll actually admit that, not all of them, but um, some of them today will. And there's been studies done where they've written reports and said, yeah, we, we believe that consciousness does survive death. Well, that changes the whole scenario of where um, where it's going to lead. And hopefully science one day will, will catch up and start looking at the things that paranormal investigators have been looking at for years. Because any research or any um, understanding of the way it works is coming from average, normal, everyday people that are out there doing the tests themselves. And without them, I don't even think scientists would be where they are today with what they believe may or may not be occurring. And the other part is that, you know, scientists don't want to ruin their reputation by getting involved with something known as the paranormal, ruin their reputation. And let's face it, no businesses are investigating it because there's no money to be made in it. Well, very true. There's no money, but it still would solve one of two of life's most prizing questions. Is there life after death? Which I think follows ahead of, is there life out in the stars? Which is what we're looking for with aliens. Right. Well, you know, I mean, the search for whether life continues after death has been going on for thousands of years. I mean, and unfortunately, the the entire community got tainted by tricksters, hoaxers, you know, different palm readers and pulling every, every trick in the book. But the interest from the human side to achieve those answers. I mean, even today, psychics, I think it's like a, a billion dollar a year industry because people are willing to put up money to try to get answers. Now, is that the most effective way to do it? Well, I'm not going to comment. It's my own personal opinion, but but it's still happening today. And it was happening 100, 200, 300 years ago. And you're right. I mean, it's, it's very true that, you know, there are a lot of hoaxers and hucksters out there. And I can see where science kind of shakes their head at it, much like they have for decades up until recently with the UFO field. You know, we, by gosh, we haven't even started on the cryptid world yet. You know, I mean, that's, that's an entirely different ball game right there. 
However, the idea behind the fact that there is so much evidence out there, there is so much communication going on on a daily basis, because ghost hunting just doesn't happen on the weekends. It's 24-7, daylight, nighttime, dusk, morning, whenever it may be. Do you think that if there was a proper channel out there, which maybe included the scientific community, maybe not, but a proper channel out there where people could could push their evidence to, much like a MUFON, but for the paranormal, would that make a difference in trying to figure out some of these mysteries? Because I bet you, you have evidence down there that would correlate with evidence that is found up here where I am in British Columbia, except we all want to be secret. We all want to keep quiet. I'm not going to tell you where I investigate so you can steal my location. That. That happens, and that's absolutely, to me, ridiculous. No one's going to figure this out on their own. And only as an entire group with shared evidence, shared information, will hopefully produce some answers. But if if you take a look at what science says has to be done to prove something, is that it has to be replicated three times in sets of three. Only then can science say, this is true, it's been proven. Okay, well, first of all, paranormal activity doesn't occur like that. It doesn't occur every time you ask. If it did, we wouldn't still be asking these questions because we'd have the answers already. But it does occur in fashion similar, regardless whether you're here in Arizona or in New Jersey or in Canada, people have the same. This episode is brought to you by Snickers. You sent a message to your group text that said, It's game day. Even though your team has a bye week. Off your game? Maybe you just need a Snickers. Snickers. Official chocolate bar sponsor of the NFL. This episode is brought to you by Chase Freedom Unlimited. How do you cash back? Whether you're looking to get more money back in your wallet or you're saving up to buy season tickets for your favorite team, earn big time with Chase Freedom Unlimited. Earn 5% on travel purchased through Chase, 3% on dining including takeout, 3% at drugstores, and 1.5% on everything else. Learn more at chasefreedom.com. Restrictions and limitations apply. Cards are issued by JPMorgan Chase Bank and a member FDIC. Same experiences with similar results. It is placing those pieces together which will then paint a bigger picture of what's happening. So I agree with that completely. Yeah, and it would be nice to have some sort of database because I think right now, like I know what's happening here in British Columbia, is there are a couple groups that are trying to tie down locations, saying, you know, and sign these bogus contracts saying, hey, by the way, any other group is not allowed to investigate here. And they're using it. They're using the excuse that we don't want our in scientific uh, uh, experimentation and investigation to be tainted by other groups. <laughs> that's what's happening. Those, that's exactly. And I've seen that happen time after time. But those are not real paranormal researchers. Those are people that are looking for the wow moments of people to give thumbs up and likes on posts and the real research side of it completely falls away. So is, is what's holding back the paranormal field more ego 
than actual investigation. Yes, absolutely yes. Ego is the worst enemy in so many situations. In the paranormal, it is absolutely detrimental because nobody's going to figure this out on their own. And it's a question, like you said, everyone is asking and wants to know the answer to. All right. So let's hear one of your favorite investigations from this year. Let us know what happened. Well, I think my all-time favorite was the Diplomat Hotel in Baguio City, Philippines. This place has a reputation that is just phenomenal. I mean, anybody who lives in Baguio City who knows of this location, anyone in the Philippines has heard of it just because just because of the stories that have circulated over the years. But it was originally a retreat house for monks and nuns. And it sits about 10,000 feet up on this mountain, overlooks this um, valley, and um, absolutely beautiful location. Now, it was still a retreat house for the monks and nuns during World War II when General Yamashita came in took the building over as an army headquarters and he beheaded all the monks and nuns that were in it. So the history of it didn't start out well at all. They were all beheaded. Then of course there was fighting that went on during, during the war. Um, You had Japanese soldiers, you had American soldiers fighting. Um, So lots of deaths that occurred during that time too. Um, And then they turned it into a hotel, um, the Diplomat Hotel, and they had all sorts of problems with people committing suicide and all sorts of other things. So that's kind of a brief history of it. But this place, we had to get written permission from the mayor to get in to do an overnight investigation. It was just my wife and I, only two people. The security guard wouldn't walk more than six feet from his booth towards the building, which was probably 100 yards, 200 yards away yet. He said, that's as far as I go. Sun's down. That's as far as I go. We went in there. We could hear them speak. There, there is no neighbors. There is no nothing. The building is gated behind 20-foot gates. No one's walking around. No neighbors are close enough to, to hear. Plus, it drops off this huge cliff. We walked in there. We could hear them speaking with our own ears. Now, it was raining, and that raining, that water hitting the roof and it was coming down a couple areas of the walls and trickling into streams that were flowing out tunnels on the inside that created a, a white noise background. And I think that helped them um, amplify their voices to where we could hear them with our own ears. But I have a video segment of my wife asking about five questions in a row and we could hear them answer. I even repeated one of the things they said at the end. But then we played back the recording and they are all they are all there. You can hear them speak as clearly as I'm speaking now. When you go into an EVP session, what are you hoping for in that situation? It depends on the location. Well, well let's take the location. Whether... Let's take the location you were just at in the Philippines. Okay. What we wanted to know. And we, we chose this location specifically because of the tragedies that we knew occurred. So one of the 
one of the real research questions we wanted to find out was, can we get EVPs in more than one language? Can I get them in different languages? Now, the good part was, is that my wife speaks Japanese and Tagalog, which is the native language of the Philippines, as well as English. Me, I only speak English, so luckily I have her with me. But we were able to receive EVPs in English, Japanese, Tagalog, and Latin. And at first, we didn't even know it was Latin that we were hearing until somebody told us that's Latin. They couldn't tell us what was said, but they did tell us it was Latin. We're thinking, where did Latin come from? Well, the monks probably spoke Latin. Very intriguing. And the answers that they were giving you, what were they talking about? Well, the first thing my wife asked is, are you trapped here? And the answer they gave was not the baby. Okay. Not sure exactly what that meant, but they were somehow stuck there. At least that's what they said. Then she asked if they needed help. They said yes. My wife asked, what happened to you? Uh, They said tortured, beaten. Um, There was one other thing after that I can't remember. Oh, no, when she asked um, why they were, or were they feeling, um, oh, no, she asked if they were upset and did they miss their family. And they all said, yes, we have multiple voices saying yes. And then one of them said, especially, and he gave a name, I can't remember what name it was, but he said he has a wife and children. And it just, I mean, it just kept going on and on and on. So, I mean, from a timing and relevant standpoint, the responses were relevant to the questions she was asking. And they came within almost immediately to the question she asked. So from that mathematical perspective alone, And we're not using any radio, so there's no transmission. This was just a digital recorder. Yet there were the answers, and we could hear them with our own ear. Have you ever got a message from them that just stunned you at any of your locations? And if so, what was that? Well, I think the ones that have stunned me the most is when we move from EVP to ITC, meaning spirit boxes, the SP7, the 11, and then I think I've built 13 of them of my own without white noise, completely silent. But it wasn't until we moved to direct radio voice, which I've been absolutely blown away. On a spirit box, you'll get a word or two answer, and then it stops. You can ask another question. Maybe you'll get an answer. Maybe you won't. But there's no consistency in it. In direct radio voice, we have full sentences. I've had as much as a seven-minute dialogue with full sentence responses. That is amazing. Have they ever been personal towards you? Oh, yeah. I mean, as far as giving personalized information that no one else on the planet would know, like a nickname, well, my father would know, but he obviously wasn't coming through the machine and he's still living today. Um, but they would they would use the nickname my father called me when I was like six, seven years old. 
Nobody knows that. I've never repeated that or told anybody that, but they would use it. We got 90 seconds to go before we got to go to break here at the top of the hour. Tony Rathman, investigator out of Phoenix, Arizona, is with us tonight. Tony, out of all the EVPs that you have heard over the years, is there one that just kind of hit you right in the heart? And you're like, damn, you know, I wish I didn't hear that. I don't think there's one that I, well, now that I think about it, um, there was one that I got at the La Posada Hotel here in in Phoenix. And um, I asked, do you have any information for me? And the EVP said, are you scared to meet Christ? That's what it asked me. Oh, my. That one's going a little that, deep. That shook me up a little bit because I'm thinking, wait, what, right now? Am I am I going to pass away? You know, I I wasn't sure how to take it. And then, of course, my mind was spinning. I'm thinking, okay, well, should I be scared? Did I Have I done something wrong? Did I not live correctly? You know, so many questions rattled in my head as to why that would be said. No kidding. You know what, Tony, I'm going to get you to hold on right there. We will get to some audience questions at the turn of the second hour here coming on up. T- Tony Rathman is our guest tonight on Spaced Out Radio. He's from Entity Voices Paranormal Investigations out of Phoenix, Arizona. This episode is brought to you by Snickers. You sent a message to your group text that said, It's game day. Even though your team has a bye week. Off your game? Maybe you just need a Snickers. Snickers, official chocolate bar sponsor of the NFL. Whether you're working toward a bachelor's degree or training for a technical career, we can help get you there. We have a wide variety of classes offered online and on campus. Spring term begins January 11th. Visit mgccc.edu to register today and go big with Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College. Donut. We're going to continue the paranormal talk ghost stories and more when we return on spaced out radio right after this stay tuned we got a second great hour with tony coming on up right after this all right we are clear <coughs> we are clear Mm-hmm. All right, Dirty, how you doing down there? What are you working on? Those chainsaws? Flaming chainsaws. Flaming dude. chainsaws. <laughs> yes. Well, would you look at that? Why would you have a regular chainsaw when you can have a flaming chainsaw? No, this is very true. Very true. Tony, we got about uh, five and a half minutes here. Filth will take over here and uh dirty don't forget to let everybody know where they can find your booking calendar. I promise I won't swear, Dave. Oh yes. My calendar is available at filthy.com and my book is available on Amazon. It's called Cryptic Cartoons. Jeez, uh, I guess I could show everybody that is on the interwebs. Oh boy, there's that ugly ring light. But uh, yeah, go to Amazon.com, Klaus Meidner. Just look up Cryptid Cartoons. 
It's the first thing that shows up. You can even plug it into Google. So, yes. And, or you could just go to filthy.com and pad the meters on there. That'd be nice. It's always good to pad the meters. Everybody's gone. Yeah, where is Bomber? She's probably got a hot date or something. Or abducted by aliens. I'm going to go abducted by aliens. It's always a solid choice. You know what, Monk? You'd think like Elon Musk guy would have made flaming chainsaws. Well, he made his blowtorch for people to buy. What if the flaming chainsaws... Oops, that's all I need. What if the flaming chainsaws have a blowtorch inside of them? Great. If anybody patents that and uses it, send me a coupon for a pizza. We'll call it even. Abducted by a hot alien. You know, all the stories of people, let's say they got abducted by aliens and... I mean, how come it's never like an ugly alien or something? They just want to hang out and, you know. Not everybody has to be like Captain Kirk or Riker and bang all the aliens in the universe. I'd have to agree, lovey love. When I was a wee lad, I always thought, wouldn't it be cool if you could just buy hairspray that would, for Halloween purposes, and I used to have hair, by the way, I'd always say, wouldn't it be cool if you could have hairspray that would dye your hair and you could use it for that? And it, it just didn't exist back in the day. They had like weird stuff you could put in your hair, but it wasn't just like a hairspray thing. And then I seen a commercial for it the other day. I'm like, they totally stole my idea. It's still it's like, why don't you lawyer up? I'm like, I'm just going to draw cartoons instead. So that's the story. I'm rambling away here. Still living sworn, Dave. He's listening. He let the dogman out for a whiz. But yeah, everybody should go to Vegas next year. You find me. I got a stack of art cards that I have to give away because they're taking up space. I even have some secret cards that I'm going to just slip into somebody's pocket or whatever when they're sitting there walk right up right into your drink oh geez thanks for ruining my bloody mary there dirty filth like we get a drawing hi tony how's your night going so far going good going real good excellent Yeah, when I was in Vegas last year, I was in the elevator with some random dudes and coming down at the Golden Nugget and the guy's like, hey, what are you here for? And I told him a UFO thing and I get, just randomly give the guy a card. Didn't even, he wasn't even expecting it. And he's, he, go, he said he was, I don't know whether he's pulling my leg. He goes, oh, I was a Air Force fighter and, or Air Force pilot and flew around and I seen some weird lights in the sky and his friends like, tell him to hurry up and whatnot and 
talking to the weirdo on the thing, and everybody's walking by him, just handing out art cards like crazy. <laughs> yeah, I, I do that anyways when I. We got two Dave. Guys. No, I was just <laughs> regaling everyone with my tales of handing out art cards to strangers that I didn't even know in the elevator at Vegas. Yeah, we just got back from the Starworks Symposium in Laughlin. That was, what, two, three weeks ago? Nice. How was that? It was great. By chance, do you have any EVPs lined up that you could share with us? I have a ton of them. I was going to ask if you wanted clips. I have stuff that will absolutely <laughs> blow your audience's mind. Well, let's uh, – Can you, I get my – Why don't you bring them up on your computer and uh, we can share them to the audience. Yeah, up. you need to activate the share screen for me. Yep, I can do that. I can do that. All right. Uh, thank you tonight to T2E, Thomas, Vaughn, and Max for the super chats. Uh, hi there, Doc from Wyoming. How you doing? Good to have you here. And uh, we're going to get back to the second hour of the show here coming on up momentarily. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook, Spaced Out Radio Show. Hour number two of Spaced Out Radio. It's now underway. Thank you so much for joining us. We very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Kennebecker. Kennebecker is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as the clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on tonight with paranormal investigator Tony Rathman out of beautiful Phoenix, Arizona. His team is called Entity Voices Paranormal Investigations. And Tony, thank you so much for joining us tonight. We very much appreciate it, my man. Absolutely. For you, uh, going down this ultimate journey of trying to figure out life after death and what is on the other side, before we get to any questions from our audience, have you have have you learned anything about what is actually going on? What is your hypothesis as to what is happening in the paranormal? Sure. My theory is is that the scientific community is right about one thing, and that's that energy cannot be created or destroyed. It can only change form. When energy changes form, it changes vibrational frequency. It changes um, in a very, in a set of variables that would allow it to continue, whether that be on another plane. The real problem in explanation is terminology, because one person may say one word and it means one thing to them, where it means something to another. But the fact of the matter is, is that 
your thoughts, your free will, your ability to think and make decisions goes with you, goes with you beyond this physical body. Now, is that something that I think I believe? No, that's something I know I believe just from the 13 years of interaction from spirit communication. It is reiterated over and over and over. The most fascinating thing, though, about continuing to research is that there's a wall and you know when you hit it because they'll flat out say, no more questions, stop talking. There are There is some sort of universal law that only allows them to give so much information. And if you think about it, it makes sense. If we're here to learn, to adapt, to grow, then too much information would be de- detrimental to that process. And they know it and we know it. So there, there is a line where that those answers stop coming. They just flat out stop. This episode is brought to you by Snickers. You sent a message to your group text that said, it's game day. Even though your team has a bye week. Off your game? Maybe you just need a Snickers. Snickers, official chocolate bar sponsor of the NFL. Don't let life pass you by. It's time to go big at Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College. Whether you're working toward a bachelor's degree or training for a technical career, MGCCC can help get you there with a wide variety of classes offered online and on campus. Spring term begins January 11. So what are you waiting for? Visit mgccc.edu to register for spring classes today and go big with Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College say I can't no more talking no more questions and it's always fun to see how far that can be pushed and what are their answers because there's times we can push it a little further there's times we can't even get to where we got last time but it depends on what questions are being asked but the fascination is that for every time you think you get an answer there's a hundred more questions that come to mind because of it. well let's get to a couple questions and then I'll get you to line up some of your favorite EVPs that you have caught throughout the years. Let's go to Thomas right off the bat. Could it be that opening your mind to the possibility that communication can exist is what's needed? Is the tech maybe a placebo? That's an excellent question and an excellent point. And we've literally heard Spirit say that in order to really evolve the communication, you need two things, an open heart, and an open mind. And that's come through many, many times. And when we ask them, you know, because certain paranormal investigators will always go into places and say, when did you die? You know, when they respond to us, their answer is, we're not dead. How are we answering you if we're dead? And that makes perfect sense. So the open heart and the open mind being the person doing the investigation and um, developing the communication, absolutely. It's it's what's up here, what you're willing to open your mind to and believe that facilitates that process to grow and evolve. All right, let's get to another question here from Donna. What energy ghost mind speak to you and and watch while you are while you're asleep? 
So what energies what energy? do, do ghosts mind speak to you? And uh, does it happen while you're sleeping as well? Well, what I can tell you is that it doesn't matter whether you're sleeping or not. Now, there's lots of people that claim that spirits will give you certain dreams, pass information to you in your sleep because your conscious mind goes to sleep and your subconscious continues to function. And would it be difficult because the energy of the brain is electrical? Would it be easy for them to send signals that would put those thoughts and ideas into your head? Absolutely it would. But I can tell you it happens when you're awake. It can be two o'clock in the afternoon. They can see you. They can watch you. They can know what you're doing. Is it because we're not paying attention to them that uh, we're not seeing them or hearing them in the mornings or in the daytime? No, No. my personal theory on that is because the way that our human body is constructed, when we're talking about our vision, um, we can see visible light but we can't see infrared, we can't see full spectrum, and we can't see about five other light sources within that range of, of, of light. We can only see one of them, visible light. And so that restricts us from seeing them. Our hearing goes from 20 hertz to 20 kilohertz. They're speaking above or below that, And our physical body literally confines us to our 3D world here and now. All right. Let's get to one more question, then we'll get to some EVPs here. And this comes from Loco Boy. Do you have any ghost animal stories that you've ran into? I do. Uh, When I was young, I asked for a dog. Uh, My parents gave me a golden retriever. Got him when I was about maybe 11, 12. Um, great dog. Then I went off to college and he got very, very ill and my parents had to put him down because, um, he was in rough shape, but he used to walk across our kitchen floor and you could hear his nails and his, his, um, pads of his feet walk across the floor. He'd go to our back door and then he'd lie down next to the door and he'd make this moaning noise when he lied down. Well, after the dog had been put to sleep, my parents were sitting in the living room and they heard him walk across the floor, lean up against the door, which made a a shutter sound, and then heard him moan as he laid down. So that's a perfect example of what you're referring to. All right. Well, you have a plethora of EVPs that you have stored on your computer here. And I would love for our audience to hear some of them and and really get to know what an EVP means. So while you're loading that up, if you could if you could double time it and and maybe explain to our audience who doesn't understand what an EVP is. Okay, well, an EVP is an electronic voice phenomenon. So basically you're running a recorder and you're asking a question and you won't hear the answer. Well, at least nine times out of 10, you won't. There are what's called um, uh, 
the name's eluding me at the moment, um, direct voice response where you can hear it with your own ear. But nine times out of 10, you're only going to hear it on the recorder. So you ask the question, then you have to stop the recorder, rewind it and play it back. And the answer shows up on the recording. That's electronic voice phenomenon. All right. And this is possible quite often. Yeah. And, you know, you you don't have to be in some haunted location to do this. I mean, we've caught an EVP upon EVP upon EVP in our home, in a car going 75 miles an hour, just my wife and I, but we've gotten other voices to our questions. We've gotten them in an airplane at 40,000 feet. Spirits have the ability to communicate from they're not time or space bound, and they can send that energy anywhere they need it to go, and they can direct it to one person or one machine. There's times we've had three or four recorders of the same make, same brand, lined up not more than a foot apart, and the EVP only showed up on one recorder, not the other three. From a physics standpoint, from a natural sound wave, that's an impossibility. That sound wave would have permeated the mics of all four recorders and shown up on all four machines. Incredible. Incredible. All right. You want to hear some EVPs? We would love to. We would absolutely love to. All right. So what do you got for us here? Set it up for us. Okay. Well, let me see what I've got first. I'm going to share this screen. And I'm going to go right into... And like I said, this is just a small fraction as I have literally terabytes of of EVPs. Okay. Well, actually, some of these are direct radio voice, but it's, it's the same principle. But this gives a really good example of what I'm talking about. So the first one I'm going to play um, was one of the first responses I got via direct radio voice. And I'm sure the audience is saying, well, what, what is direct radio voice? Direct radio voice is what Marcello Bacci did with the vacuum tube radio. And he would use, a, it was a world band radio, and he would tune it between 7 to 9 kilohertz. On a, on a frequency that had no radio transmission whatsoever. He would ask a question and get a response. Direct radio voice, it uses that method. It's not scanning up and down a radio dial. You are not going over any radio frequency at all. You are merely using white noise to generate the response. So... This was one of the first ones that I got that I could tell I was getting a response. So let me play this one first. And here it comes. Yes, you're connecting. 
Can you turn right, your that, Can you turn your volume up on that? We it was really hard to hear for us. Well, normally it tells me to share the volume along with the video, and I'm not seeing that. Yeah, that is weird. That is weird. Norm- normally, there's a checkbox to share the audio as well. Hmm. I wonder why. Right, let me let me let me do it well, again. Let's try that again. Make sure- Oh, there we go. Okay. Let's play that again. All right. Perfect. We're just loading up some EVP electronic voice phenomena. Yes, here. So this was coming out of white noise and it's filtered white noise so all of a sudden i'm hearing him say can he see us he can hear us can he see us and i'm thinking okay that's my ticket to understanding that they're they're giving responses and they're understanding that i'm trying to connect and that's how it began with direct radio voice and now i'll play some that were you know, month or two later, because that's how it started. And then the communication just took off. Now, the most interesting thing about direct radio voice was that anytime I was using a spirit box, it was me saying, are there any spirits there? Do you want to communicate? Um, Can you tell me your name? I was the one facilitating, facilitating the communication. I've actually have recorded direct radio voice where they are asking me the questions and I'm the one answering rather than vice versa. I think it's okay. funny. I think it was funny when they were saying, can he see us? Can he see us? Right. I mean, it, it shows the intelligence. It shows that they think just like we do. I mean, they wanted to know, can, can he see us? He can hear us, but can he see us? Well, no, I couldn't. So we were talking about Marcello Bacci. Well, this was funny because my wife was asking questions to the direct radio voice method. And his name showed up. And I'm going to play that one now. Here it is. Spirits, can you please try to communicate with us through this device? Who's watching? Bachi, that was clear. Do you understand the rumble? are you keeping track of what we're doing? Marcello, can you see us? Yes. Thank you. Marcello, you started this method. It's working. Can you please try to communicate with us? 
<laughs> my goodness my goodness you know our radio side of people may have uh, a little bit of trouble hearing that but I mean if you go back on our archives and listen to this again where you see the words popping out I mean that's direct communication right intelligent direct communication absolutely I mean yeah it's uh, it's a method that only two people that I know of, at least in the U.S., are doing it. Myself and my paranormal counterpart, Ron Yacovetti. Um, And the amount of communication that we've received, not only each one of us individually, but the next one I'd like to play was one he captured, but it's connected to the one I just played. And the fact that he's in New Jersey and I'm in Arizona shows the fact that time and space is irrelevant to them. They can they can communicate back and forth regardless of of distance or anything in between. Okay, we got about three and a half minutes. Okay, well, I've just enough time for this one. So perfect. Here's this one. just crazy stuff that that is just incredible now to our radio audience it may sound like a lot of gibberish but when you see the words that are actually portrayed that are, are being said it is pretty incredible to to watch them i mean they, they almost seem on the other side as leery as can be like what are you doing invading our side a little bit like why are you here like a lot of questions yeah well first of all they're not used to it 
Um, there's been so few people that have been able to break that boundary of communication that it's not a regular thing. And it was funny because when Ron received them asking if I was his friend, it was like they were asking him because he had been doing this for years. It was like they were asking him if I was okay to speak with. And when he said, yeah, he's my friend, my communication through direct radio voice just took off. I mean, literally overnight just took off. That is ultimately awesome. Ultimately awesome. It, it really is. And watching that program, I think all of us, you know, watching on YouTube or Twitch right now are like, damn, we'd love to have that on our laptop. Love to have that. <laughs> Play around with those toys. Those are the toys that we're looking for, Tony. Those are the ones we like. Tony, I'm gonna <laughs> Tony, I'm gonna get you to hold on right there uh while we go to break here at the bottom of the hour. We have Tony Rathman for another thirty minutes talking ghosts, talking EVPs, and a little bit more here on Spaced Out Radio. He's from Entity Voice Entity Voices, Paranormal Investigations out of Phoenix, Arizona. Is there life after death? We'll get into that with Tony when we return on the Mighty SOR. Stay tuned. All right, we're clear. All right. Now, there's some people in the chat room saying that they don't sound like EVPs. No, that's direct radio voice. There's a there's a big difference between EVP and direct radio voice. Yes. Man, this is flying on by, man. Yeah. Dirty, how you doing down there, buddy? I'm just uh, going to put the ink works in now. What Very important part. What do we got here? So it goes from an absolute... An absolute blob to something that looks fairly decent. We got a reptilian there juggling the fire breathing chainsaws. Is that what we have? Something to that effect. Hot damn there. Hot damn there. As Lovey Love says, flaming balls of chainsaws. <laughs> Hi, Nicole Sackage. What's happening? Welcome to the chat. Sackage. Beavis. <laughs> Tony and I are both cocking our head here trying to... Yeah, I want to see it from the... I think it's a reptilian. Right yep. Those are definitely Husqvarna's because they don't look like my still. This episode is brought to you by Snickers. You sent a message to your group text that said, It's game day even though your team has a bye week. Off your game? Maybe you just need a Snickers. 
Snickers, official chocolate bar sponsor of the NFL. Get four days of deals at Academy Sports and Outdoors. Kids' bikes start at $59.99 and take 20% off select rods and reels. Shop with confidence with our price match guarantee. Visit your store or academy.com. Ends December 18th. Exclusions restrictions apply. See academy.com slash disclaimers. Mm-hmm. This is why we love them here. The steady hand of dirty filth. <laughs> Is that your computer there, Tony? Or your phone? Yeah, that was... Yeah. Sorry about that. That's okay. We all get mesmerized by watching the dirty one (laughs) do his art. Look at that concentration. You know, for an Albertan, you draw one mean chainsaw. Yeah, it's definitely Husqvarna. (laughs) We've got about two minutes here. (coughs) How about those big bushes there, Dave? Those bushes look filled with apples or pomegranates. Can you confirm or deny? They're cherry bombs. They're cherry bombs? They're cherry bombs, Dave. Well, son of a gun. How am I supposed to know? (laughs) Kira likes your big bushes. Thanks, Kira. Obi Flett th- says they're Smurf berries. It could be Smurf berries. Mm-hmm. Could be. Could be. All right. Uh, I want to say a big thank you tonight to T2E, Thomas, Vaughn, Max Times 2, NorCal, uh, Meaty Toes, and Ozzy Rob for the amazing super chats tonight. Very much appreciate the love and support. Don't forget you can do your shopping at spacedoutradio.com. And put on your calendar, May 19th through 21st, 2023. We're heading back to the Las Vegas Golden Nugget Casino and Resort for the second annual fan party. We want you there. We're going to be releasing names of special guests who are going to be joining us as well. You're going to love our lineup. Here we go with the second half of the show, everyone. We 
past the halfway point of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. We very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. want to remind you that if you've missed most of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on tonight for the final time. We bring in Tony Rathman. He's from Phoenix, Arizona, paranormal investigator with Entity Voices Paranormal Investigations. Tony, it's been an absolute smash to have you here with us tonight. Thank you for joining us. Absolutely. Pleasure to be here. We got a ton of audience questions, and I also want to get to you about the life after death question. But we'll ask a, f- a couple first here. Let's go to Jenny. If you'd be so kind, we would appreciate a thumbs up or thumbs down during your visit to SOR. Yes, yes, we would, Jenny. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Even if you're in radio land, just give it a, th- a thumbs up. We'll see it. We'll add it to our total. <laughs> uh, Doc from Wyoming, who's got a power handlebar mustache. Tony, did you confirm whether or not that was an ET you had talking through the box last week? Well, Doc has obviously been keeping an eye on my Facebook page because we did a bunch of tests um, last week or a week and a half ago. So, Doc, to answer your question, yeah, I don't believe it was an ET. And the reason... um, I don't think it was is because of information that was passed on from other paranormal associates on hearing a similar type voice and the actual complication. I don't know how much I want to explain, but apparently there's this, these things called stations. There's a North American station, a a South American station and a Europe station. And this voice that was coming through was actually from supposedly the North American station. And he gave his name. He explained why the communication was as poor as it was. He told me I needed a power something, but his voice kept breaking up with these huge static charges So I couldn't hear what he was saying. Well, after about 20 minutes of speaking with him and making minor adjustments, he said I needed a power amulet. Well, I work with electronics, and I'm thinking, what is a power amulet? Is this a capacitor? Well, turns out it had nothing to do with electronics. It was this. And so I made this per the instructions, And uh, we're going back to do a second test um, from those tests uh, to see if his communication is cleared up. Excellent. All right. Let's get to Judy here who is asking, do all spirits take human form at different times? I guess that depends on what their needs may be. Um, Different spirits have different reasons for traveling here, showing themselves whether it be unfinished business, whether it be something they don't feel has been settled correctly or information they're trying to pass on. Can they 
when we talk about apparitions, you can have full-bodied apparitions in full color where you can see face, skin tone. You've got shadow figures, which could be a partial formation of an apparition. Um, but do they take on human forms? Yeah, if they're looking to be seen, they do because that's what we remember them looking like, and that's what makes them identifiable to human beings. Let's continue on with uh, little Timmy Senor. Do animals have the same afterlives as humans, i.e. ghosts, cats, dogs, bears, etc.? My theory on that is absolutely. If they've got the ability to interact, if they have intelligence, if they have free will to do what they've done here, then yeah, they have a, a spirit or a soul and that would continue as energy cannot be created or destroyed. All right, we'll take one more. Swishy is asking, can they interact physically within this dimension? Absolutely, they can. They can interact. They can move objects. They can make objects appear called apparates, which literally can just fall from the sky and hit the table you're sitting in front of. They have abilities that we can't even comprehend. Have you ever been attacked by a spirit? I have. What's that like? Um, it's not pleasant. I've been pushed, shoved, punched, scratched, um, pushed downstairs. Uh, it's a very unsettling feeling because you have no control over it. Um, I had three gigantic scratches go from my where my arm bends to my wrist. And there was nothing I was doing that could even make that happen. I was literally standing and uh, also my wife goes, you're bleeding. And then after she said, you're bleeding, that's where the horrible burning sensation came into play. But yeah, absolutely. I have been. Do you ever take hitchhikers home? Yes. Matter of fact, one of, uh, I can't remember what location we were investigating, but my wife and I would always go through part of what we've captured, whether we going through the recorders, listening for EVPs or searching through video or other content, FLIR, uh, DVRs. But it was about 2.30 in the morning. We were sitting on our bed. I was listening to uh, digital recorder. She was watching video. And this is just one example. This has happened many times. But we had this white apparition float over the edge of the bed. And you literally, I wish I could have videotaped it. You could watch both of our heads literally follow it across the bed. And then my wife looks at me and she goes, because we have a big white dog. She goes, tell me that was the dog. I said, no, the dog's downstairs in the kitchen. But that was one example where something had come back with us and made itself known in the house. And that's happened multiple times. All right, let's go to another question here from our audience. Let's go to Love V. Love, who is asking, what should we get if we want to start recording EVPs at home? Very simply, just a digital recorder. Um, you know, they can range anywhere from 20 bucks to 50 60 depending on, but you don't need anything fancy. Um, you just need a, a digital recorder, 
that will record in wave format. You don't want ones that do MP3 or what are called lossless formats because they condense the uh, audio file. Have it record in WAV. Um, and then turn it on, ask your questions, stop it after a couple of minutes, replay it, see if you got any answers. It's that simple. All right. I want to ask you the big question, the giant question that I think should be the focus for everything paranormal. And that is life after death. I know we touched base on it in the first hour of the show, but I want to get in depth with this for a few minutes. Because I think that this is something we all want to know about. All right. Yes, you have talked to spirits on the other side. No, we don't know where they're coming from. How do you decipher whether or not there is life after death through your work? Okay. If I have something that's answering my questions in an intelligent manner, that is not in front of me and not humanly bodied, there is another presence that's able to answer those questions, whether you say that's extraterrestrial, multidimensional, or spirit. But I'm not broadcasting my voice out. My voice is not leaving my home when I ask questions or where I'm investigating. Yet, responses are coming from out of nowhere to the machine. That tells me that there is an existence beyond this life and that has happened over and over and over and over. There is no doubt in my mind. And even they'll say, we're not dead. We're not dead. Even physics says energy can't be created or destroyed. It can only change form. If you look at everything that happens in life, everything recirculates. Rain falls from the sky, creates or collects in puddles, runs into rivers, rivers flow into the ocean and evaporates back up, forms in clouds again and rains again. It's circular. A plant grows a flower, the flower dies, it creates a seed, the seed falls in the ground and a new plant grows. You're going to tell me that human beings live for 60 to 80 years and then we're just done? No. No. Well, one one would have to say, take that to a religious text and say, well, you know, what if I, you know, what about God? What about uh, everything that kind of goes along with that? Where where, where does that fall well, into place? Well, my response from a religious standpoint is if you take anyone who's had a near-death experience and comes back and tells you what happened, those near-death experiences match regardless of history, background, or religious status. True. True. And I, I think it goes beyond religion in the first place. I, re- I really do believe that, you know, absolutely. It does have any of the spirits ever communicated with you about what is on the other side or what we can expect. We've been told things like, um, life doesn't end. We've been told things like life continues that there are, multiple dimensions that um, things like reincarnation happen. Um, but again, you hit that wall where, where they will just stop answering because it, it too much information will destroy, like I said, what we believe we're supposed to learn 
out of this life on this 3D planet. All right. So do you believe then that these spirits are in some sort of heaven? Are they in some sort of spirit realm? Where are they then? Where do we go? They are in a dimension that coincides with ours, but is on a different level than ours. And again, everything I'm saying right now is all theory based on years of research. Can I prove any of this? Do I know for a fact? No, I don't. But I can put pieces together and create what we believe to be theories that they are existing right alongside of us, but on a different frequency, on a different dimension. And there are times those dimensions overlap. And when they do, that's when you may see something that you say, oh my gosh, I saw a ghost. But the fact of the matter is, you may be the ghost in their world. Very true. Very true. So are they then maybe living in a different dimension themselves? That's that's my theory, is that their life is continuing um, on, a, on a different dimension than ours. And, you know, people always ask, okay, well, how come when you get a spirit respond, it's always from the 1800s or late 1700s. How come you never get somebody from 300 AD or, or how can you never hear a dinosaur roar? Well, my theory is because those certain sections of dimensions are broken apart by time frames, so that certain areas are placed together and they either continue like they were, like nothing's ever changed. And they have the same houses, the same environmental structure that they were used to, and their life is still evolving or continuing in their own dimension. Let's get to a question from our audience here. Let's go to Vaughn. What did they mean when they said you're evolving when you were playing the EVPs? Well, you know, that question I think has been asked of me probably 20, 30 times. The evolving maybe become maybe because of the direct radio voice that we began, that the communication opened up. The evolving could be me as a person as to how I'm interacting not only with spirit, but what that's taught me and how to interact with other people and every living being on the planet. So that evolving could mean so many different things to me. I'm not 100% sure, but I think it's a... It's a statement that encompasses probably all of it. Hmm. Yet you feel you still have so much to learn. Oh, absolutely. This is what I'm sharing tonight is the tip of the iceberg. Tip of the iceberg. And there's so much more underneath yet to come. Let's go to Thin Lizzie in Colorado who is asking, Tony, have you tried the Estes method? Many times. In fact, I think the last time I did it was on the Queen Mary during a uh, four-day investigation. It was it was during uh, when there were no people on the boat, which was really cool. But the Estes method is, is interesting because someone will ask a question. The other person has um, noise reduction headphones on, can't hear the questions being asked. They can only hear what's coming through the spirit box. And then they repeat what they're hearing. And sometimes you'll get interaction with what's being said said through the spirit box that answers or seems to answer the question asked. The only reason I don't particularly like that method is because 
the it separates the two components, and they do that purposely to try to see if they can get a connection. But from an observer standpoint, you have no idea what the person is actually hearing and what they're saying matches what was being said. And that's my concern with it because I, anything we put out, we make sure we can show, we can prove, and we can repeat. And that situation doesn't allow you to hear what they're hearing and you don't know if what they repeated is what was actually said. All right, let's go over to Jules, who is asking, how do we lay people get a hold of the technology you use for EVPs? Well, for EVPs, it's just a digital recorder. If you're talking about direct radio voice, it's not a piece of tech. It's not something you can go out and purchase. It's a method. It's a method that takes white noise out of a radio, a a world band radio, and then separates it by noise reduction, frequency, channel selection within the white noise. Now, this may be way too much information, but the white noise, white noise is a broadband spectrum of every frequency the human ear can hear from 20 hertz to 20 kilohertz. So when when I started direct radio um, research, my first question was, well, that white noise band is all at the same level. It's a constant, which means whatever's playing at 20 hertz and 20 kilohertz is all at the same level. So my next question was, what is those sounds at each of those frequencies between 20 hertz and 20 kilohertz? Well, what I can tell you they are, and this is by research, because we pulled the radio out of direct radio and used a white jo- white noise generator only, those sounds within that frequency are thousands or hundreds of thousands. This episode is brought to you by Snickers. You sent a message to your group text that said, it's game day, even though your team has a bye week. Off your game, maybe you just need a Snickers. Snickers, official chocolate bar sponsor of the NFL. Get four days of deals at Academy Sports and Outdoors. Kids' bikes start at $59.99 and take 20% off select rods and reels. Shop with confidence with our price match guarantee. Visit your store or academy.com. Ends December 18th. Exclusions restrictions apply. See academy.com slash disclaimers. ...of voices. Okay, let's take on another question. This one from Local Boy. What's your thoughts on reincarnation? Absolutely. I believe it's a thing. I believe it's possible. And I believe many of us have done it many times. Recall any past lives? Not so much recall. Um, I've never done the hypnosis. I've always wanted to do that. Uh, There's just not enough time in a day. But there's things that happen, you know, the the deja vu theory, the the fact that you can dream about something. I remember as I was 15 or 16, I wanted a motorcycle really bad. And I remember dreaming about riding one and driving it down the street. And then shortly after I got one, and guess what? That experience was identical to the actual experience of driving it. But how would I know that? I was 15 at the time. I'd never had one, but yet I knew exactly what it felt like, what the way, you know, it was an exact, exact replication. How would I have known that if I hadn't lived before? Very true. Very true. All right, let's continue on here. Let's go to Joseph. Who's asking, have the spirits ever communicated the future 
for you or mankind in general? If so, what did they say? No, I've never gotten any information about, you know, what the future for the world or for mankind has been. And I'm sure that surpasses those universal laws that I was referring to that where they know that they have to quit talking. Um, so to answer that question, no, I've never had uh, some future prediction. Kind of cool if they did. Well, and I'm sure they probably could, but universal laws say no. Let's go to the Hallmark channel here where Corey at Hallmark is asking, why doesn't anyone ever try to ask spirits what Sasquatch may be? You know, that's a great question. I mean, we've asked about aliens. We've asked about multidimensional creatures, which Sasquatch would probably fall into a multidimensional. Um, the direct radio voice, you know, the question has been asked is, would you be able to communicate with Sasquatch through that? And my personal opinion is, if he's got the ability to to use some type of telepathy, yeah, I think he could. But have I ever asked, you know, what it may be? No, but now since you brought it up, I just might. As we got about three minutes to go here, I want to ask you, what do you want to accomplish? What, Where do you see your work going? Well, you know, one of the things that always fascinated me was uh, Thomas Edison and, um, uh, why am I drawing a blank on the name? Um, uh, I can't think of it off the top of my head, but they both had intentions of creating a telephone to the dead or a way to communicate with, with entities that have passed. My goal point would be to be able to accomplish that beyond reasonable doubt and beyond scientific skepticism. Is it possible? I believe it absolutely is. Are we there And I think yet? we might be close. Okay. I, I was just going to follow up with, are we there yet? But you said, you know, you think we're close. Close how? Well, if you look at what DRV can do, and then the fact that, like I said, we removed the radio, we now use a white noise generator. White noise generator creates white noise. We can take that white noise and we can filter that down to voice upon voice upon voice. We can ask a question and we can get an intelligent answer from no radio. There's no radio involved anymore. It doesn't have the ability to bring in radio signal. It does not have a mic. There is no communication possible at all. But yet that white noise can be filtered to voices that can answer the questions we're asking. That is as close as I think it's been to date. And in the end, we still got to worry about, is there life after death? <laughs> Tony Rathman, I want to say a big thank you for coming on Spaced Out Radio tonight, my friend. Do us a favor, let everybody know where they could follow you, your YouTube channel, your podcast. You bet. Sure. If you want to just see general, um, I think there's something like, I don't know, 464 videos up. But every investigation we've ever done, every proof of evidence, go to YouTube, go to Entity Voices Paranormal Investigations. If you're interested more in the direct radio voice, just go to YouTube, type in direct radio voice, and the site will come up. Because, like I said, Ron and I 
to my knowledge, are the only two people in North America that are even doing it. Um, I've also got uh, Facebook pages under Tony Rathman. Um, our website is entityvoices.com. And then, of course, we, we've got all the the Twitters and the Instagram and everything else as well. Awesome, my friend. Very much appreciate you coming on in, Tony. It's been one heck of a good radio show talking ghosts and spirit all night long. Coming up next, we're going to head to the swamp. Then, Tim Senor is here with the UFO report and some breaking news in that regard. We will be back with more Spaced Out Radio in hour number three on the Mighty SOR. Stay tuned. Great show, my friend. Great show. No, it was a pleasure to be on. Really enjoyed uh, the discussion. Thanks, Dave. And uh, yeah, shoot, shoot me uh, shoot me an email when the uh, you're going to be in Las Vegas. Yeah, we'll get our team to do that. We'd love to have you there. Just confirm with us awesome. that you're going to be there if you can. So that way we can sure. put you on the list, my man. Awesome. I will do that. Awesome. All right, Dave. Have a wonderful night. Take care, Tony. Thank you. All right. Tony Rathman, everybody. Dirty Filth has the art up. Looking there good. There it dirty. is. It's a secret dinosaur. A secret Look dinosaur. at that. You take over, Filth. I'll be right back, buddy. And don't forget, tell everybody where they can find your book and your calendar. You can find my book and calendar at filthy.com. Go to Amazon. Plug in encrypted cartoons. It's going to be the first thing that comes up. Klaus Meidner. And I'm going to try something here. Dave's not here, so I'm going to cause a ruckus. Filthy. Hey. Hey, I could flip. There you go. Look at that. You're in control. Look at you. He gave me administrative purposes abilities and forgot about it, so. You behind-the-scenes bastard. I love it. Fantastic. So, what, what so, do you think about that sucker? Oh, I've been watching along the way. Just so cool how you take just those anamorphic shapes and make that out of it. It's so cool. Secret Dinosaur, a.k.a. Anonymous. That's the original drawing. Oh, the original. Look at that, guys. Oh. Maybe if you're lucky, I'll, I'll mail Glasses. this to you and you can have it in your put it on your wall or something. I think that would go so well, say... Like in this area, right here, it probably fit there pretty good. Oh, I'll I make got a nice fit. frame for it and everything. Oh, you're gee, that is amazing, guys. What do we think of filth? Come on, let's give it to him. This is a masterpiece, y'all. Absolutely gorgeous. I think this is your best work ever, in my opinion. <laughs> I think you might be a little biased. I'm slightly biased, but look at you got the specs. You got them just right. And that is definitely my navel. You, you captured my navel there. Very nice. Got to have that X over the belly button. Yep. It's perfect. I love it. So you coming to Vegas or what, man? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll be there doing some sky watching. It's going to be a lot of fun. Very exciting. And you're coming with some artwork and some books to sign, hopefully. And uh, personalized. Excellent. It'll be yeah. a suitcase full of art and sell it for like 
a dollar American, that's like $5,000 Canadian. Right. Yeah. It's incredible. The currency transfer right now. Um, but I was going to say, are you bringing your books that are also available on Amazon? Yeah, I'm going to bring a stack of them. Cool. Cause that'd be cool to have a person like one that's personalized for all of us. I'll even scribble in it for you. Ooh. I love it. That's right up my alley. I'm a massive comic book fan, actually. Got a big comic collection. Have you ever done animation? Uh, I went to school for animation. I quit. Because it turned out to be 3D animation. And I wasn't into 3D animation. I Mm -hmm. love the 2D stuff. Right. uh, Isn't there software for 2D animation to do narrative? Oh, probably. I'm not very computer literate, hmm. to be honest. And I, mean, I just, so I'm I'm missing the boat on that one. So, well, we should talk. Let's talk offline because I've got some stuff. I, I actually work with an animator. I should find out what he does. We're we're doing a show right now, um, but it's just one guy, and uh, he works pretty hard on it. He's just out of college, but I never took the time to find out what software he's using. But I'll find out. Well, I use Photoshop and Illustrator and Maya. That's Maya. my experience. Right. And then there's Flame. Right. Isn't that Never another? Used that. Um, yeah, there's there's quite a few. Very cool. Well, we should talk more about it. It'd be cool to do a little collab. Yeah. I'm, I'm an open book, man. Yeah. And speaking of book, I can't wait to see yours. So is it? Is it like just pages of your art with blurbs or is it just art or how do you formulate your book? Let's see a page maybe for your audience. Is Let's that do cool? It. Do you mind giving us a little Day preview? I'm so Here's, curious. So this is the book. So cool. horrible ring light. I had to get one of those. Oh, may I ask very briefly, what's that symbol above your name, Klaus? The, it's a brimstone symbol. Hmm. An old alchemist, alchemy symbol for brimstone. Everybody uses it for like a Satanist thing now or whatever. Uh, but, but it doesn't mean that to you. It's an, no, it doesn't. It's it's an old alchemy symbol for brimstone. And there's a long story behind that, but you want to see this. So yeah, got let's a do table it. of contents and whatnot. And then hey, I got to have the quote. Got then, it in by look the at that. Hey, hold on a second in. here. This is the coolest thing about my book. I don't want to plug my book too much, but... Dave Scott wrote this oh, nice little little story in there for me. Look at Dave. Oh. Dave wrote me a forward. Of course I would. Of course yeah. I would. Thank oh, that's you, fantastic. Oh, and he says something so nice there, too. Well, I'm a nice guy. Dave. You know, I mean, okay. he, paid, so anyways, he paid me for it. but that's It goes on and on, yeah. Of course. So I got to all the old round tables from back in the day. Oh, sweet. Carl, Look Nathan, at that guy. Goblin. Uh, and and what's the beer blurb off the left? We got ten Usually. seconds. That's boys. the little story about it. We got little ten, story. Oh, yeah. We got yeah. ten seconds. Right on. Well, thank you to all our super chatters tonight. Thank you to Dirty Filth for his book. And here we go, everyone. Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. Now, back to Dave Scott and SOR. Third and final hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. 
Hi to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Kennebecker. Kennebecker is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. It is time once again where we head to the swamp. Our resident swamp dweller takes us on another journey. Hi, Spaced Out Radio listeners. This is Swamp Dweller. It's time for your nightly dose of spookiness on the show. If you have an interesting encounter or a spooky story that you would like to share, be sure to submit them in at swampdweller.net. You can also find our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash swampdwellerreads. Now, let's chill out, relax, and together, let's enter the swamp. My father has had some terrifying encounters with these entities, but this spine-chilling tale comes from my uncle, a man of faith who walked the fine line between traditional beliefs and his Christian religion. When my father told me this story, I wondered, could it be true? Would this actually happen? That part I'll leave up to you. My father had five brothers, my dad being the sixth and the youngest. Stories of witches and the dark side of Navajo beliefs had come from his family, as did my mother's side. My uncle had worked for many churches, usually as a hired hand who could fix almost anything. Everything from cars to the usual maintenance needed in a home. He was the man you needed. One summer, while working on the water lines outside of a church, a pastor friend had come looking for him in need of answering a question and in need of some advice. Being a good friend, my uncle said he looked uncomfortable with what he was about to ask. The pastor asked him if he knew anything of skinwalkers. He was taken aback by this question and surprised that this friend would ask such a question. Then, coming to terms with his question, he was never so shocked. Many in his close group of friends sometimes asked what they were. Not trying to be rude, he asked the pastor why he wanted to know such things. The pastor begins to tell him a shocking story that would make anyone wonder if it actually happened. The pastor had become friends with a family on the Navajo reservation for the exact location I will not say. He had become relatively close with his mother and father since these were the first real friends he had made since moving to the reservation. The family was intimate with each other, they had a total of four kids and had an extended family around the area. Their only problem child was their youngest son who sometimes would get in trouble with local law enforcement. At this point, he has gotten involved in a local gang. The father told him this gang was ruthless and at times violent. The family pleaded with the son to leave the gang and hoped he would get away, but to no avail. The son had been with that gang for about a year and had become close with the leader. The leader, the son explained he was a very violent and at times crazy individual, and this made him very feared. The gang members whispered rumors that the leader dabbled in witchcraft rather than skinwalking. Unfazed by this, the son still stayed. 
Then one night, while hanging out at a member's house, the leader revealed that he did actually practice black magic, and asked the son if he wanted to learn. Telling him yes, he wanted to know, the leader told him to meet at a destination later in the week. When the day came, the son had driven out to where the leader told him to meet. They had met at a cemetery. The son, at this point, was nervous and scared. The leader showed up a few minutes later and they both walked down to the cemetery. Now in this part, I will not explain traditional speaking, it's taboo to explain what went on, but what I will say is that they did horrifying things. The son left the gang, distanced himself from the entire crew, and became a born-again Christian. The son had not made contact with anyone until one night while in a shopping store. The son had not seen anyone from the gang for quite a few months at this point. This night of all nights, he had run into the leader. Shocked, the son tried to ignore him but was cornered by him, and he said the leader was angry with him and told him he betrayed him and that he was going to teach him, sending a cold chill down his spine. The leader told him to watch his back. Wherever he went, he would find him. Terrified, the son had come to the pastor and asked him what he should do. The pastor, somewhat shocked, didn't know what to do but told him to keep faith in his beliefs and everything should be okay. As soon as the pastor was done with the story, my uncle told him to tell the son to seek out traditional spiritual help and take it from there. Months had passed when my uncle asked about the son. The pastor said that he had given his advice and now they were living peacefully outside the reservation. You can believe the story if you want, but take this warning. Don't look for what's in the dark because there is always something out there that will answer back. That's why we love the Swamp Dweller around here who comes in every Monday through Friday night to kick off hour number three and hang out with us with another spooky story. You could get thousands of audio stories from Swamp Dweller for free. Go to his YouTube channel, hit subscribe at youtube.com forward slash Swamp Dweller Reads, and it's just that easy. You get to listen to anything that you want. Amazing talent, that Swamp Dweller. Amazing talent. All right, let's do this. From the swamp to the sky, Tim Senor is here for the UFO Report. Nobody's going to know. They're going to know. Always a good night to have you on the show, Tim. How's you uh, doing over there down in the beautiful state of Oregon? Doing very well. Thanks for asking, Dave. Just uh, getting warmed up for the holidays. Kids are done with school, getting a little break, running around, uh, fine-tuning some of my gear, getting ready for another expedition before it gets totally freezing cold over here. Oh. You know, like like 30 or something. Fahrenheit, 30. Oh, my Oh my, 30 Fahrenheit. Just so you know, Sunday, Sunday here at SOR headquarters is supposed to be minus 30 Celsius. That sounds nuts. There's no way. Come on over. Come on over. Enjoy (laughs) basking in the cold. No way. No way. I'd be indoors and boring all the time. But it's great to see you. How are you feeling? I am doing great. At my, uh, I had my work Christmas party earlier today. Fun. Yeah. And my boss, he goes all out with the gifts. Eh? 
He goes all nice. out, but he makes us play these stupid games for it. And I played, <laughs> and so my game that I had to play was with three other people, and it was stacking and then unstacking plastic cups. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I finished second by like a smidgen. But the cool part about it was I got a beautiful watch out of it. For second place? Second Maybe. place. What, is, I, what was I, first? Well, the first place, you, what the, what he did was you, you, you got the, the gifts on the table and you got to choose. So the guy, oh, fin- nice. the guy who finished ahead of me, he wanted this, this heated jacket. Because Milwaukee. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Businesses need to think beyond today. That's why ADP uses data-driven insights to design HR solutions to help your business find more success tomorrow. HR, time, talent, benefits, payroll, ADP, always designing for people. Builds a heated jacket that's battery-operated. Forget about it. That's the perfect thing for up there. Absolutely. So Genius. So I got the pick of the, of the next three gifts. I took the watch, you know, to add to my collection. What's What's your boss's first name? Oh, no, no. Don't talk about him. No, no. Okay. I was just going to say, is it a game show host kind of name where you're like, thanks, Jim, for, you know, like game show style? Like, was he no, no, no. playing it off? No, he, <laughs> my boss is a, in my daytime job. He is... Just a class act. Just a, That's a class, so great. class act. That's so cool. Behind door number three, Bob. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> you know? Pretty That's much. That's so cool. How fun. He made it fun. That's great. Absolutely. So uh, we ended up uh, uh, having a great dinner tonight. Uh, my boss's wife is Mexican. So the theme was Mexican uh, food. And just had these amazing, amazing tacos for dinner. Mm. Oh, that's right up the alley. It was with pulled pork. The meat was pulled pork. It was just meat from heaven. It's it's heaven pork, heaven meat. Oh, beautiful. By the way, just to convert, minus 30 degrees Celsius is minus 22 Fahrenheit. And you collect watches, don't you? So it was kind of like the perfect gift for you. I do. I do collect watches. I love watches. Such yeah. a great way that it worked out. Maybe the guy that picked the jacket knew, and he's just a really oh, cool he knew. dude. He knew. There's only two people. In, like there's crazy. only two people in the entire building that collect watches. Number one is my Bingo. boss, and number two is me. Bingo! Exactly. That's so it worked I out. I knew my boss wasn't together. taking it. I took it, and yeah, beautiful. It is That's pretty so cool. cool. It is pretty cool. And uh, here soon you're going to get the gift from SOR. It's winging its way, literally, to you. If it doesn't so you're freeze. Have ear, ear laps. <laughs> it doesn't freeze along the way. You'll be wearing ear laps to, to space out radio sessions. Sure. It'll be fun. Sure. Yeah. Hey, guess what? There is uh, some rumblings that there may be partially a UFO report that's come out. Isn't that great? Yeah. Is this true? Some details. Is this true? Well, 
so there are rumblings. There are rumblings. We may be seeing one. Absolutely. And uh, along with that, we're getting a preliminary look at what the UAP related provisions in the final F, the, the final year 2023 National Defense Authorization Act is going to look like. And in it is some pretty uh, definitive wordage about what they plan to do, along with not changing the name. So they're sticking with Arrow for the department that's going to be looking into it, which I think is a pretty big bullet point to kind of start off with. Um, and exploring deeper, we find out some of the other provisions that are important are the secure methods that they're creating to, for authorizing reporting and safe harbor for uh, UFO whistle, whistleblowers. So there are very distinct provisions coming forward in this new section. Um, and I can go into a brief description here, and it says that it's going to be creating a secure method by which current or former government employees or contractors can submit the UFO-related information to the Pentagon UFO office. And through that office can reach also the Congressional Armed Services and the intelligence committees alike. And so the Pentagon UFO office was given the statutory foundation of the existence of the UFO provisions enacted back in 2021. And so a lot of that's going to be rolled forward. And in the past, we've known it as the Gillibrand Rubio Gallego uh, provision. And so recommendation of some more details of that are going to be highlighted, but that uh, the uh, a the the all domain anomalies resolution office or arrow is going to be moving forward in that administrative role. So that's good news there that they're not making some major changes, and um, the people that put that together, a lot of those provisions are going to be left in place. And so the secure reporting provision originated in the closed door voting meeting. Uh, it's considered the quote-unquote markup of the U.S. Senate Select Committee of Intelligence, also put forward as part of the substitute amendment, the advanced by the chairman. They're actually putting a chairman in place, and so they have named him in this new report. And so the committee now putting this together forward, we do go into some of the details that um, – some of the activity and some of the programs are going to be highlighted in the upcoming report. However, um, they have given themselves until the end of the year. Uh, obviously, once this gets signed by the president, that puts things into effect. But um, before I go a little deeper, Dave, do you have any off-the-cuff remarks at some of the things I've covered so far? Well, I, I, I'm very concerned about this whistleblower aspect. Because even though it does open up the door for former and current employees of the government to come and speak about what they know or what they learned about UFOs coming into the into you know fruition, I don't know or don't fully understand how safe they're going to be. I think it's going to be one of those things where it's going to take a long time for that first person to come out. And it's probably going to be a name that we've never heard of. And then pending on the reaction of what happens to that person, we may actually 
see, you know, because there, there could be repercussions, let's be honest. Then we may see how many more people actually come out because of that. You know, right. I mean, do I trust it? Not at all, my man. Not at all. Well, and that's great. And so just feel good knowing that there is going to be very specific wordage in this bill that does provide a very robust, and I quote here, anti-reprisal protections for such an individual that does come forward. So it does go into some very wordy specifics here, but they really have put this forward to make people that potentially can come forward as a whistleblower, they want them to feel comfortable. Now, there might be other cases in which a witness learns of a new system and uses it to provide the obscure but useful information that has simply been lost or pigeonholed or forgotten without any implement or element of uh, or active concealment. And so in that case, the term whistleblower would not be a good fit, right? If they've used the improper term to report, perhaps, but the secure method would still be useful. Does that make any sense? If people are using the proper chain to report, they're going to be absolutely protected. Now, if they go off road and decide to report directly to the, to, um, a newspaper, for example, um, then that w- that whistleblower protection would not cover that. But if they use the proper chain, is what they're explaining here, um, then and if, if it's a good fit, and there will be people to help whistleblowers to know whether their information is even useful, um, there would be a secure method for that to happen in which not only would they be protected, but the information would also still be protected um, it would potentially maintain its classification, if that makes sense. So just the people that need to know will still need to know. Um, and then there will obviously be created a declassified version of that in this whistleblower case that is either made available to Congress or the public. Do you trust it? Do you trust what's going on? I think if the wordage is specific enough... Um, I would, I, if it was me, I would have my lawyer look at it. And then if my lawyer was like, it looks good, I would go forward with my lawyer and I would do it. Yeah. Because, um, you know, they signed up to be a patriot. You know, if you're part of, if you, if you have this information, you're probably a patriot and it's part of your duty, I believe, to come forward with this information at this point. The, um, the public needs to know. The people need to know this information. We need to protect these whistleblowers no matter what. And so an intelligent whistleblower will do this very carefully, methodically, and see the potential here. Absolutely, I think it can be done here. I think that they are opening the door to this. This is just the first step. And again, we are seeing Danny Sheehan all over this. You know, he is he's in here involved in the wordage of this. And um, I feel very confident that whistleblowers will be protected. I do. I don't agree. I don't agree. I think it's it's potentially setting a dangerous precedent regarding what is happening in this world. And we have to be able to to, you know, be sure that these people coming up actually have proper information. Okay, because I I sure as heck know, my friend, that there is absolutely no way possible 
that I would be giving up any information whatsoever regarding what I know about UFOs. I wouldn't take the chance if I was a government employee, former or current. I mean, look, we just saw about a month ago a U.S. Air Force pilot tried to use the protocols after seeing a UFO in the sky while he was flying. And he pretty much got reprimanded for that. He didn't get court-martialed as far as we know, but we know that he got reprimanded for his actions on doing what the elected officials asked him to do. I see this becoming a giant fight between the military and their egos on thinking who really runs the United States and the elected officials. Now, you know, look, we're going to get ex-military people coming into this. I do believe we are. And it's not just from the Nimitz. I mean, we're going to get those people who maybe served one, two, three years, okay, whose contracts were up. They never re-signed. They're done with their days of of, uh, reserve duty and they have nothing else to go for, nothing else to lose. Okay, they can they can finally say what they want. I see people like that coming out, telling us about dots or whatever it may be. But the juice, like you said, even if somebody comes with the real juice that an alien ship flew right beside a C5 galaxy and swallowed it up and spat it out, we're not going to get the good stuff. We're not going to get the good stuff whatsoever. Doesn't matter what the whistleblower says. And you may have a good point. And my point on it is this What good is that? Okay. When Gillibrand and Rubio first started out about this, they were all about we need the public, the American public, to know about what's going on in our skies. Yet now, everybody wants to keep everything a secret. Whether or not you have this whistleblower testimony is irrelevant if it doesn't get out into public. What's the point of helping some elected official who could be gone in two years, maybe four? What good is it to give the military more ammunition to say, see, this is why we need to cover this stuff up? No. I, well, so I feel like highlighting it as a problem um, in any light is going to bring a different discussion to the table that I don't think has happened yet. We haven't seen the discussion of how to handle this as a real topic yet, right? I, I haven't seen it anywhere. Like, we've seen, like, let's let's figure out what this is. Let's figure out what this, this is. Well, let's do a few game let's do some role playing here and let's just see what does it look like if it is we can guarantee we know what it is and again now i understand what you're saying are we looking for a world that's ordering code reds on its military amongst itself because people are whistleblowing i do think that we will see protection there's specific wordage in this bill let's continue this when we return with the ufo report tim senor doing a great job Breaking down the latest news under the NDAA. We'll continue that talk with Tim when we return on Spaced Out Radio for our final half hour. Stay tuned.
All right, we're clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big old shout out to Filth. What a great piece of artwork. I'm so excited. He's so dirty. He sure is. He he drew Rexy juggling flaming chainsaws. Poor Rexy. I feel right? bad for that guy. It's a first time for him. <laughs> it's great. That guy has more talent in his pinky than I do. I couldn't come close to sketching like that. He's an amazing artist. Me too, man. Me too. I couldn't Very do it. cool. I hate always having to be the negative Nelly on this stuff, man. That's kind of your thing, though, right? It's it's not really my thing. You just are an anti-government, anti-establishment dude. Like if something, like even with SETI, their results are now being um, looked direct. Like their results are going directly to university students. Um, even Seth Shostak has kind of stepped back and he's doing some other other things. And now they're getting results. Like the 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 kids are are getting results on the same data that SETI has had for years and years and years. So I mean, the tools are good, right? It's just sometimes the players are are jaded on the results. So I know you, I'm you're that guy. You're that guy that's like, see, the whole thing is broken. But sometimes just one piece is broken, you know, and it can be easily fixed. And I feel like NASA is the same way. It's just like there's some pieces that are broken. They're looking in the wrong way. It's still very fixable. The same way I feel like our government is broken and fixable. Like they haven't had the right conversation yet. And that's kind of where I was going, that the conversation needs to be like, if this is real, how will we handle it? I don't think they've had that discussion. Um, you know, how would the military react if this was a reality? They haven't, they haven't talked about that, um, you know, good or bad. They don't, they don't come out whether they view it as a threat or not really. Um, it's just an excuse on how to spend a budget. I mean, what do you think? I, I, you're probably right. Yeah, I mean, realistically, you're probably right. You know, I like the point that you just made about Seth Stoshak. I mean, he's been useless for years. You know, if he was he's playing... been holding back the project. Yeah. I mean, you know what? If he was playing professional sports, he would have been cut years ago. Yeah. No results. Get out of here. You're not looking hard enough. You're not looking in a white. Look at the size of that radio telescope that he has at his fingertips. I mean, it blows my mind. And then recently, China actually got some results from their massive radio telescope. And so they are on the brink of releasing some information that they may have gotten a radio signal from space. I almost covered that tonight. I just didn't have room in the time. Interesting stuff, though. The technology works. It's just the people, the players involved are holding us back from the information. Who knows how many other wow signals we've had? Well, there's a story on housewise.com about Elon Musk revealing SpaceX continues to detect something massive on its missions. <laughs> and this one story here. On the Falcon 9 rocket back in April of 2021, carrying the Crew Dragon spacecraft Endeavor successfully launched. 
and the crew was given some cause for concern when they were informed of the possibility of a collision with an unknown object. Yeah. Like I said to you, you've heard me say it on this show. Every launch we make, we have been followed for 60 plus years. Every launch. It's amazing. And it's proven right there. Even tweeted, or I think he tweeted that he believed in aliens recently. He knows. Which was new. He was read in. Yeah. He was read in. Hi, bombshell bomber. Where's little Terry Hall tonight? He's usually in the chat room. He deserves a nap. Hopefully he's napping and he'll play catch up tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So do you want to pick up where we left off with uh, the, the director's name and all that good stuff? Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. It's kind of yawn, but okay. <laughs> Governmental nonsense. Your chat's like yawn. Oh, no, they like it. River Dogma, how you doing? Here we go, Tim. Third, we're heading for home tonight on Spaced Out Radio. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. Want to remind you that if you miss most of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out Bumblefoot, read Shirky's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on with the UFO report as Tim Senor is here breaking down news coming out of the latest NDAA, which still has to be passed by President Joe Biden. And it's all about the latest updates on what's happening with UFOs and their reporting system. Tim, apparently... There's a little bit more to this. There is. The director of the All Domain Anomaly Resolution Office is Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick, a scientist with a long and distinguished career as an intelligence officer and federal program manager. And so knowing that also, the bill does not change the statutory catch-all term for the phenomenon being targeted from unidentified aerial phenomenon to unidentified anomalous phenomenon. However, Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.
Center. Businesses need to think beyond today. That's why ADP uses data-driven insights to design HR solutions to help your business find more success tomorrow. HR, time, talent, benefits, payroll. ADP, always designing for people. The new term is defined in the same manner as the old term was defined back in 2021 to include airborne objects that are not immediately identifiable, transmedium objects or devices, submerged objects or devices that are not immediately identifiable by that display behavior, or performance characteristics suggesting that the objects or devices may be related to the objects described. A little bit wordy, but they're saying they're not changing anything, even though the description has changed. So it's the same name, but it means something else. They're including transmedium, which is great. Well, <clears throat> go ahead. I see you shaking your head. It's fine. This is a great place to break. <laughs> Does it even matter? I mean, like, I just want to. I just want to tell them to shut up. Shut up. Okay, stop complicating things. You're doing exactly what politicians do. Is complicated to the point where everybody gets tuned out. All right. Yeah. yeah. Why why are we making this so difficult? UFO USO tells everything. UFO unidentified flying object. USO unidentified submerged object. Work perfectly. Works. You look at all the money and mostly time that has been given up to acronyms and wordage of what it is for the right. last it's often because offices expire right is also isn't that part of supposedly why oh they have every excuse they have every excuse right it's hard like here's a comment in our chat room from grandizer dave is ultra pessimistic i'm not a pessimistic guy that's the thing that bugs me i just like to see through the bs and how we are all being played which is what's happening i don't want to be played i don't want tim to be played i don't want you to be played grandizer in the chat room i don't want anybody in our audience to be played that's how people get hurt is when you get played being played uh, I see Terry Holland in, in your chat, so that's good. He can listen in on this. In the final bill, the scope of the historical record report has, if anything, been broadened. Now to include the historical record of the United States government relating to UFO going back to January 1st of 1945. To report to include a compilation and itemization of the key historical record of the involvement of the intelligence community with the UFO phenomenon, including any program or activity that was protected by restricted access that has not been explicitly and clearly reported to Congress. Successful or unsuccessful efforts to identify and track UFO and any efforts, and I love this, to obfuscate, manipulate public opinion, hide, or otherwise provide incorrect or unclassified or classified information about UFO or related activities. So 
they're asking instead primarily they were asking for 1947 in this wordage now they're backing it up a few more years to include two pretty massive events the corona i believe event uh, and trinity event which was happening uh in 45 so uh, they backed it up to include that and to find out if there was anything that was covered up on these topics. And then the findings of the study are to be presented by Arrow to Congressional Defense and Intelligence Committees, top leadership, and about one, and they've given themselves about one to one and a half years. And it is not immediately clear simply by reading through here uh, exactly how much of the report is ultimately going to be made public, but it does seem clear enough that the investigation will have to delve into a good deal of classified material. So not sure how much we're going to see, but they have to report back on some pretty big moments in history along with current events. And Arrow has its work cut out for it, Go for it. Let's hear your side of the story, Dave. I don't know if I have a side anymore. I'm pessimistic. <laughs> I'm bah Tell humbug. It like it is, buddy. I am bah humbug. Tell it like it is. Look, if they <laughs> look, if they are going to start at Roswell, and let's hope, fingers crossed, Trinity. Okay. But in yeah. that in that area, if they're going to start, mm-hmm. go back to 1947. That is a proper step. Let's give credit where credit is due. That is a proper step. I'm wondering step. very briefly, do you think they took 47 out and made it 45 to just be less obvious about Roswell That's in, a, in that wordage? That is actually a good point. I mean, right? they just were like, why are we asking for 47? Let's make it 45 so we're not asking for UFO stuff specifically and like being so obvious. I mean, 47, come on. That's so obviously Roswell. So they changed it to 45 to line up with Either way, other events. As long yeah. as Roswell is included in that timeline, and not the one crash, both crashes. At Roswell and San Augustine, or Corona and San Augustine, then we are on the right track. Okay? We are on the right track by getting that in the timeline. And I think that is fair. That is astute. That needs to be pointed out. We need to be able to to continue to build off of the last 70 years. And if I may just now flip the coin the same way you've gone optimistic, let me be pessimistic and say with this new wordage going back to 45, are all we're going to hear for this historical event of cover-up is about our nuclear testing and cover-ups and lies about that. Of course. Because I won't be interested about that if that's all we hear. But of course they will, Tim. They are going to keep this as militarized as possible. That is their protection. Okay? That is their protection. That is how they stay safe. That is how they keep stories like little alien bodies being pulled out of wreckage in Corona. That is how they keep under wraps until it's necessary, crash retrievals. That is how they keep any alien contact. I mean, could you imagine the public decree that would happen or the outcry if they said, yes, Roswell was real. It was a crash site of a UFO. Well, what about the bodies? Were any alive? How do you dodge that question now? 
because we know back then there weren't any drones, at least as far as we know. Okay, so if there was bodies, now you open up the, the Pandora's box of all the families in Roswell who were eyewitnesses and had doors knocked on with military officials saying, you didn't see anything. If you open up to this and you talk about this publicly, it will be really bad for you, your wife, and your children. Jail time, or worse. Hundreds of people got that message. That's where the cover-up is. It isn't just about a crash retrieval. It isn't about seeing lights over Phoenix. It's about getting down to the nitty-gritty of every situation that has happened. The Navy divers at Shag Harbor who allegedly saw aliens working on the broken-down craft and another ship identical to the one that went in the water hanging out there beside it. That's what we need to know. But you bring up a great point about why they wouldn't, which is all of the years of threat that they made to witnesses to keep silent. How would they explain that? Absolutely. I mean, there's really, that is a great point. And it also weighs in why they wouldn't reveal it. That's court of law. That, that takes people into the court of law, right? Right. Then that opens up. But Tim, this is why I say continually, there is a Pandora's box sitting somewhere in the depths of the Pentagon. Okay. Because think about this. Think about this. How many people have had run-ins with the men in black? We don't know technically if the men in black truly exist. We, we only speculate. There's, it's a rumor. It's a cool rumor that was made into a movie. But we don't know for sure that the men in black truly exist. Yes, I teased Lou Elizondo the first time he was on this show, asking him, are you a man in black? Do I believe there's a men in black? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Do I believe they're government officials and not aliens? Yes, I do. Okay? But the idea, Tim, behind that is the men in black, we have heard the stories. If you've been in this field long enough like I have or you have or many people have, you've heard the stories of people having some very serious encounters and then get a knock on the door by seeing a black car in their driveway and two men in black suits coming out to their door wanting to talk to them about what they saw or what happened to them. Those people go silent. Now you're opening up lawsuits because do the men in black exist? Do these secret military teams like a Delta Force go around to Brazil killing aliens like has been rumored down in Brazil? Okay, there are a number of things this opens up to. And this is why I I continually harp on the fact that disclosure doesn't happen unless we open find that Pandora's box. And that Pandora's box is being guarded for life by the five or six military organizations 
at the Pentagon. Because if those secrets came out, the American public would not put up with it. It would probably be an instant end to the military-industrial complex. Yeah. Yeah. I just keep thinking that Jacques Vallée needs to talk to Congress. I just feel like that would just be so much simpler. Why can't somebody in the know like that just go and represent, save us a lot of head-scratching? He delivers things in such a way. But what's Vallée going to say? Don't forget, he's been bought. He's been a government contractor. What's he going to say that they don't already know? What's Gary Nolan going to say that they don't already know? Hell, what's Bob McGuire going to say that they don't already know? Everybody already knows it. They have the stories. Everything is recorded. Everything Bob McGuire talked about, and this is no slam against Bob, but everything Bob talked about on those submarines and the naval ships that he allegedly saw, okay, those are already recorded. I mean, we we mm-hmm. tend to believe, Tim, that all of these organizations, like the Navy said, well, we had reports of these going on, but we never really kept track of them. Really? Right. Really? Like, we're supposed to believe that? Or NASA saying... Gosh darn, we've never really tracked these UAPs. Thanks, Bill Nelson. <laughs> Have you checked your closet? Right? Don't give me that Southern Oshock drawl. Doesn't work here. Yeah, okay? you make a great point. And, and so what are, what are these guys going to do? The problem is we haven't had anybody stand up on the public side, journalist or not, politician or not and say this is bs but using the swear words okay yeah nobody has called them out onto the carpet you can put any provision you want in a bill like the whistleblower but in the end it doesn't matter because they'll shuffle it behind the scenes where you, me, Joe and Jill public of the United States, Joe and Jill public of Canada, and the rest of the world don't get any information. They are hoarding it. And they already know. I have a quick question. In your opinion, even if they came forward and, and disclosed, what what would you want the government to do about this topic? I mean, just you, Dave, or maybe representing our our chat or the people that understand this topic very well. What would you want the government to do about it? Even if they were like, yep, it's it's real. Here's the history. Here's Roswell. What do you want us to do about it? We don't know what to do about it. What do you want us to do? Well, what would you say? First of all, it would be a big thank you. Okay. You got to realize, Tim, there are a lot of people out there. If you put this on a on a personal aspect there are a lot of people who have committed suicide over this topic. There are a lot of people who have lost their jobs, lost their lives, been put in loony bins, been put on medications so strong because doctors perceive because there is no aliens that all of a sudden these people are having psychotic episodes. Dave, you got real and deep and you went there and that's great. 
okay? But, that, that's real. But here's the thing. If it does come out to be real, which you and I know it is, many of our listeners know it is, okay? What about those people who got screwed up by doctors, okay? Or in their military careers or their governmental careers or their airline careers, because mm-hmm. they reported a UFO or they saw a UFO or they've had you want ET reparations. Contact. There's lawsuits, bud. This is you want reparations. This is That's billions upon billions of dollars going to court. Mm-hmm. Okay. And but people you, will mean, win. You brought up some great points there with people that have been medicated and have felt this emotionally and hurt, you know, I mean, it goes on. It, it, you're absolutely 100% right. Let's just consider how should they handle this topic moving forward politically and militarily? How would, if they were forward with it and we were open with it, it was on the table, we'd gotten past the reparations, how do you think it should be handled? Like, there's still this, we know it's there, but there's no communication, let's assume, but we just see them, we know they're there. What would you do? I mean, they're still scratching their head. The government may be honest with you and be like, look, we have all this stuff, but we still know nothing. Like, what? how would the, you the handle average, this topic? You, the average ufologist, the average ufologist already knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. They can play the skeptical, well, no, we don't know what's going on. We don't know if this was real. As long as there are rumors out there, the rumors need to be cleared up. Okay. Okay. It's much like high school bullying. Okay. Yeah, but what if you found out that they had interest in the earth for their own means down the line? Right? And we were the whole world knew now. So what? I mean, like is is that the sort of level that this information is on and we don't well, want to panic hold on the public? Here. Hold on here. I mean, that they want the world for themselves. They've had. Well, I'm just being had, extreme, but they've had four thousand years. Okay, if you go back to Egypt and read the hieroglyphics, okay, they're not coming after us when nuclear weapons, or better, are going to be aimed at them. If they wanted mm-hmm. this planet, they could have had it very easily when sticks and stones, and rock arrows and spears were the ultimate weapons. They're not coming after us to suck our blood like vampires. They're not coming up to scoop us up to be slaves of the universe. It's not happening. But what if they're part of the disclosure and they're like, you know, aware of it. And like, if the bottle bursts and they have to get involved, like what if the public knowing is that Pandora's box that unleashes them on the earth? The fe- you know what I mean? And what if, fear- what if that's the wrath? We got 30 seconds here and I'm going to end it. I'm going to take the final word. The fear of the Pandora's box is not on the aliens that are waiting to come down here and say, surprise, we're here. It's on the 70 years of cover up and lies and torture of people that the United States government has created by covering up this subject since Roswell and the millions of people that it's affected. And that's what the Pandora's box is all about. Tim, Thank you for ending this great show tonight and this fantastic conversation on the UFO report, my man. It's been a great one with you. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Are you going to stick around for the after show? 
Um, I'll stick around for a couple. Sure. Let, let's do that. Okay. If you're okay. watching, if you, if you're listening live and you want to watch on YouTube, you can go uh, over to our YouTube channel and catch it. We're going to stick around here, but to the radio side, thank you for a great show tonight, everyone. We had fun with Tony Rathman, Swamp Dweller, and our resident Tim Bitt hanging on out, breaking everything down in the paranormal and UFO. We got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thaw rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio, rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in at home, at work, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight. YouTube, Twitch, LGAP, Spreaker, Facebook, the Space Travelers Club, and on Twitter at hashtag Spaced Out Radio. Remember, this show is copyright by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us, because together, my friends, we own the night. Mr. Bumblefoot, we need a favor, my man. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Wu train has docked for the night. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. Your seats are always available. Your tickets never expire. And if you want to bring a friend, we got room for them, too. Good night. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Businesses need to think beyond today. That's why ADP uses data-driven insights to design HR solutions to help your business find more success tomorrow. HR, time, talent, benefits, payroll, ADP, always designing for people. 